Hey you fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 105. One day, I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. The meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. You can indeed. Yes, those eyebrows. Howdy, 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 do-do-do. Howdy, do-do-do, who fans? Hope you've had a fantastic week. How you been, buddy? I've been fantastic. You've been fantastic. Have you been <laughs> nice and warm? I'm baking. Yeah, we're in the middle of an unusual heat wave here in the UK. I'll tell you what, I'm Woo. roasting here. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's like the TARDIS controls have malfunctioned and there's just little fires everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like heat just cut like... You know, in all seriousness, it's like, like when Tenant regenerated and it all burst into flames. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I've got like the heat just radiating off my sort of large monitor that I've got on my desk. Mm. My um, my laptop's just you know sizzling away. The CPU fans are just going mental, sizzling away, and there's just heat everywhere. Yeah, well, I've been to the TARDIS wardrobe and found out my shorts, and it's all it's all <laughs> kicking off. Yeah, it's all kicking off. In all seriousness, though, I hope you guys have had a great week and you found something Doctor Who related that you've uh, been managed to watch, listen, view, draw, listen. listen. Oh, sorry, I'm still in. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you like. What have you been up to, Doctor Who related, buddy? Anything cool? Absolutely, yeah. I've had an absolutely amazing weekend last weekend. I went to the Tom Baker Phantom event in uh-huh. Chiswick, Chiswick, Chis- London. Chiswick. Um, and uh, had an absolutely brilliant day there. Tom was looking really well. Yeah, uh, he was on top form, telling lots of stories. We're in the queue for ages because Tom does like to chat, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I don't mind queuing for Tom because at least when you get to him, it's not like autograph go. You know, he has a good old chat, and um, yeah, it was a really great day. Um, so obviously, meeting Tom Baker was a highlight. But I also got to meet Philip Hinchcliffe, and. Um, I'd heard sort of through the grapevine that Philip could be a bit, I think I said to you, sometimes a bit tetchy, grumpy. Yeah, well, that was that. not yeah. my experience. I, I must because I was a bit worried about meeting him because of what I'd heard. Mm. He he couldn't have been nicer. He was really, really nice because I saw him and I was like, oh, Philip now, better go and meet him. I had the best chat with him. It was just like brilliant. Um, oh, and cool. that, funny enough, yeah. I was talking to him about the podcast and he was genuinely really interested because um, I said to him, we just reviewed Talons recently on the podcast and we we were saying what a great production it was. And he was like fascinated. Like, you know, like sometimes you'll meet a celeb and you can just tell that they're nodding and they're like, yeah, 
move on son you know you've got your autograph i've given you a smile he wasn't like that at all he was like so what is it then where do you where can you hear it and it was great and i had a great chat with him about talons and he agreed it was one that he really you know liked and that's really cool so yeah it was great because because as i said i had that bit of trepidation about meeting him and um i'm happy to say he couldn't have been nicer actually so maybe that person that i heard that from just had a bad experience with him or something but he was great um really good day also met simon williams from you know from remembrance of the daleks uh chunky gilmore oh, uh, he's yeah. a really nice chap as yeah. well so that was really good so a great day there um and uh the icing on the cake and i know you saw the picture because i put it on twitter um <laughs> as we were leaving one of the guys i know there paul who listens to the podcast hello paul he said um we're going to the stage door to meet billy piper do you want to come with us and i looked at this tiny little car and i was like what we're all going to get in there he's like yeah it's fine it's only up the road <laughs> so we all crammed in this car and when i say crammed <laughs> we literally couldn't breathe um and adam the ultimate hoovian was with us you know how tall ad is wow oh, yeah. it was like he nearly had to put his head through the sunroof it was like that he sort of sat <laughs> in the middle he, poor old dad um so he went to the stage door and waited about 10 minutes and billy piper came out and um i'm always a bit nervous about meeting people at stage door i don't know about you especially if I haven't seen the play. Because <laughs> if you've seen the play, you kind of feel entitled to be there. But yeah. because we hadn't seen it, I was a bit like, oh, you know, should we be here? She was amazing, mate. She could not have been any nicer. And, like, she just didn't seem to care whether you'd been to the play. She was signing everything. She was having photos. Uh, it was just the best stage door experience I've ever had. And I come out of there like with a, the biggest smile on my face you've ever seen. Um, and uh, the, I, what, cause I didn't have anything to sign um, because obviously it's a bit of an impromptu visit. I just bought a program and got her to sign that. And the program was only three quid. So it was just brilliant. Um, yes, yeah, awesome. absolutely. I- it was just an amazing day. And I'm still, as you can probably tell by the overexcitement in my voice, I'm <laughs> still on a major high about it and I'm absolutely buzzing. And, and, um, and I've spent the whole week, I videoed it, I vlogged it, I've spent the whole week, um, any spare minute I've got editing the video, and it will be out, well, it, by the time this podcast out, it'll be out. Um, so shameless plug, but I'm so pleased with the video that I just, yeah, I can't wait for people to see it. So if you want to see me meeting Tom and other YouTubers and Billy Piper, it's, it's, it's online now. It will be online now, yeah. It was just such a good day. And where can they find you if they don't know about you? <laughs> Sorry, it's a shameless plug, but as you can see, I'm so excited. Uh, well, just, yeah, just YouTube, Geek's Handbag. Just search the Geek's Handbag and it's Tom Baker, Phantom Event, and then in brackets, plus Billy Piper. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. You know, when you go to somewhere, whether it's um, a convention or a signing or so on, and you get the feeling that the person that you're with is genuinely making time to either have a quick chat with you or they're interested in you as a person or they're happy yeah. just to pose for some photos and stuff. That's the best feeling, isn't it? Because you feel like, well, for one, you feel like you're not annoying the hell out of them, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, I don't know about you, mate, but I've had a couple of experiences where they just want to get to where they're going. And they're like, oh, I can't be doing with fans today. Well, that was, yeah, that's the thing you know? I had with David Troughton, isn't it? Because I know people said, oh, you know, he's always been fine when I've met him. I'm like, yeah, but... 
I, I saw him after a play and he, he was like that. He couldn't wait to get away. Yeah. He didn't, you know, photo yeah. oh, quickly. It was like that, you know, and it's so nice when you do feel like mm-hmm. that they, she just seemed really chilled is the best way I can put it. You'll see in the video, she just comes out. She's just like, come, you don't, you come closer. Don't, don't be scared. You know, so it's <laughs> just like, she's really, really pleasant. And the weird thing is the, the stage door at the young Vic where she's performing is, um, it sort of comes out into the bar. You know, normally the stage doors outside the theatre and um, whatever. This one, it's sort of, yeah, she sort of has to come out into the main reception bar area. So it's really like... Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's a bit strange. But I think um, there was a a few of us there. I would say there's about, I don't know, 15, 20 people waiting to meet her. It's sort of like the afternoon, so I'm guessing it's between two shows or whatever. But it wasn't like she wasn't mobbed. Yeah, Yeah, I would say it's probably about 20, 25 maybe. I'm trying to think now, but because it was all a bit of a blur. But yeah, there weren't a handful, handful of people. Um, and she was really just, yeah, patient and had photos and as many as you want. She was just, yeah, it's really cool. Really good. So that's that a lot cheaper possible. than flying out to the US to see her at a, a US convention. Well, we were, we were talking about this um, <laughs> as afterwards, actually, because we were sort of saying, um, you know, oh, do you think they get annoyed at people waiting at stage door who haven't seen the play. And I mean, the, the, the thing is, and I gender, genuinely would love to see the play, but it's it's completely sold out. And, you right. know, so there's no chance. But believe me, if I could have got a ticket, I would have gone. Um, but yeah, we were talking about this. We were saying, well, you know, is it a bit unfair to, to, to expect them to pose for photos and stuff if you haven't seen the play? But there are sometimes this is the only way to meet them. I mean, we've got a story coming up in the news, which I don't want to ruin, which kind of highlights the fact, you know, you're sort of thinking, well... Pearl Mackey, for example, if I hadn't met her at stage door, um, apart from going down to Cardiff and, and meeting her while filming or whatever, but sometimes it's the only way to actually get an autograph or meet them because they don't do UK conventions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm making excuses, I don't know, but um, but it was a great experience, that's all I'm going to say, and I didn't didn't feel that she she minded. I've, quite the opposite. It was a really nice, nice time. So, yeah. Well, the, so photo, that's what I've been yeah, the photo says it all, mate. Nice big smiles, relaxed. Yeah, you'll see on the video. It's yeah, she's very very relaxed. Yeah, she looked very cool. She had a Bowie T-shirt on as well, which is a a big thumbs up. (laughs) She looked very cool in a Bowie T-shirt. Cool. So that's that's been me, mate. Yeah, I've just been on a massive high ever since, and uh, I'm slowly coming down for it. What about you? What you been up to? Well, my 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 uh, week is very uninteresting now in comparison to yours. Well, I, w- I wish you'd been there. I can't think because the Tom Baker event, we've been to a couple of Phantom ones, but you, you couldn't make this one. Well, I could, I could, but I didn't get a ticket in time, and I put my, oh, yeah, I put my name down on the waiting list. Um, yeah, and th- I had to do that once before. But um, you got in the last time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I emailed them and said, "I'm not being funny, right? But you know who I am. So, where's my ticket?" <laughs> they email back. Your name's but, not Dan. You're not yeah, coming in. They email back, you know, quite politely and said, "We don't know who you are. You haven't got a ticket, but we can put you on a waiting list." Oh, fair enough. And then I got an email, literally within 24 hours, to say, um, uh, "We've a space come up, so you're on the list." Yeah. Um, I'd like to caveat caveat that by saying that I didn't type that. No, I, we 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 get the sarcasm in your good, voice. Don't good. worry. Um, and I thought I was going to get away with it this time as well. <laughs> I've got visions of you going to the stage door now. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> so I was going to turn up at Chiswick anyway and just walk in. Let me in. Um, yeah. Because if I remember correctly, they don't really have 
you know, if there's like a crowd of sort of five or six people walking, you can very easily just walk in. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be that difficult, you know, just to, I'd be well, like, oh, right, Adam, cause a distraction, <laughs> you know, fall over or something and I'll, I'll be in there. But yeah. I don't want to be a troublemaker, you see. You want me to faint over the photo, the table of photos, <laughs> knocking them everywhere. Oh, yeah. like, everyone. No, I don't, I don't the, think we should endorse trying to get into an event for free. <laughs> we don't condone that behavior. No, but I, I, which I is, sort of know what you're saying. Yeah, which is why I sort of boycotted that idea at the last minute. Um, <laughs> so in a nutshell, I, you know, I didn't, I was hoping for one. I put my name down on the list and they replied, you know, as they always do, they're great guys who run. Uh, the phantom events and they were like um oh really sorry you haven't got a ticket this one was quite popular but you know your name's down so if a space comes up we'll let you know but alas i was left out in the rain it did it did it was busy i have to say it's busier yeah. than than before yeah um gareth roberts was supposed to be there he's supposed to have been at the last two and he cancelled again it's busy. So like it's yeah because because he's one of the ones you would would have might have met isn't he gareth yes Big if he'd have been there, well, he, yep. yeah, we'll you'll be pleased to know he didn't turn up again. So uh, right. you didn't miss out on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't get to go to the, you know, rub shoulders with Tom and stuff like you did. Mm. <laughs> like you did. Um, so I've just been at home, quite boring, just watching Doctor Who. So I've watched, um, uh, in the build up to watching our review episode, Aliens of London, I just started from the beginning. So um, there's, some, uh, there's something quite cool about the episode, Rose. Yeah, it's it's almost got like a, an event. It almost feels like it's an well, it is. It's an important event, isn't it? In in Doctor Who history, um, so whenever we, you know, we're looking at the ninth Doctor stories, and there's one that's like in the first half of that series, I typically stick it on from the beginning and just watch Rose and the End of the World and stuff like that. So I've done yeah. that. So I stuck stuck series one on, and just basically watched through the first few discs. You know, a little bit of an Eccleston marathon if you like um and i tell you mate every time that i do that my sort of my appreciation for eccleston and you know you know how much i enjoy his doctor just grows every single time mm. i watch you know a, a bunch of episodes so uh, i did that just you know plowed through a few of the old eccleston um stories which is really good i finally got around to listening to all of the old doctors new monsters <laughs> box set Oh, really? Do you know, I haven't managed to listen to any more yet. Yeah, what did you think? Yes. Um, very good. Good. Oh, okay. Very, good very stuff. good. Um, yeah, I've still got two to listen to from that one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, mm. the, um, the, the McGann one, um, which is the one that I, I was actually um, looking forward to that one the least, I would say, out of all four. Not because of McGann at all, but because of the Centauran thing. I thought, yeah. are they going to go along the lines of, you know, having a very comedic, humorous thing mm. like we see with um, uh, Strax. with Strax all the time, you know, but it actually turned out to be a lot, you know, not what I was expecting. So, you know, oh, that right. one, and I know you didn't like it, but that one and the, um, the Jadoon episode. Well, I um, didn't, yeah, and no, I didn't mind it. Just, I just um, zoned out a lot in it. I need to give it another listen. Yeah. okay yeah so those yeah. two they they sort of surprised me out of the set i really like those two but yes mate you're in for a treat it's um they're very good and then i think the whole box set is worth a re-listen from start to finish in my opinion right um, yeah because you do sort of get on a roll you sort of do enjoy it you're like wow that's you know that wasn't too bad you know davis and the angels but next up yes we've got some um 
got some call in and then you, in the back of your mind you're thinking you know this is great but you know mccoy's around the corner mm. you know, that's gonna With be the good. cigarettes yeah the that's cigarettes, the one i'm looking yeah. forward to yeah so, i mean that one was pretty good actually mm. that one was pretty good um overall as a box set i don't think it's gonna you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a a modern classic or set the world on fire with you know in terms of storylines, but it's still a very enjoyable listen, I would say. Yeah, I, I must admit, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to the other two, and and I definitely need to go back and well, I'll, I'll just go back and listen to them from the start because yeah, the Jadoon one, a lot of people enjoyed it, and mm. I I don't know, I think I just had a lot on my mind that day, it just didn't grab me at the time, but but I'll definitely give it another listen. Sure. Yeah, I'm just just going back to what you say about series one. Actually, I was going to touch on this in review, but. I may as well say it now. It's it's strange. It's it. I love the feel of series one. Um, like when I watched our review app last night, like you, I could have quite happily just mm-hmm. sat down and watched all of them because yes. yeah, um, yeah. I don't think there's a bad. Uh, there are some episodes that are a lot better than others, but I don't think there's any episode in series one that I can't happily sit and watch it's it's just a great considering that they were sort of having to try and please a multitude of you know different different yeah. uh, fans yeah. and new fans old fans and stuff and you know they, they got a lot right in series one i think you know which is a real testament to the team you know russell and everyone else judy gardner phil collison mm-hmm. you know it's, it's really good stuff series one it's got its own feel to it as well isn't it like the music yes yeah the style of it the the characters we get introduced to it's yeah it's brilliant so i i know what you mean i i could have quite happily if i hadn't been told to switch it off because <laughs> <laughs> something else was on the team by my by my other half i could have quite happily plowed on with more of eccleston turn yeah. that nerd thing off yeah, time yeah. to do some cleaning. Dinner's ready. Get to what was it was on last night? We watched some rubbish last night. I switched it off and we ended up watching some B uh, Channel Four drama, and it was bad. So I sat there saying, "See, I could have watched another episode rather than that rubbish." <laughs> we could <laughs> but, be watching the Doctor right now. Yeah, but yeah. no. But alas, no. Um, are you getting Doctor Who magazine this month? I am, Mister Davison. Because it's got Davison, yep. a Davison interview. The reason I ask is because it's just well about half an hour before we kicked off plot through the letterbox and um because i'm a subscriber we get like a special oh, yeah. cover this yeah. which is a quite a nice idea actually it is a bit battered but i kind of expect nothing less from, <laughs> yeah. from my deliveries this now um but it's a nice cover and i must admit i'm i haven't read the interview with davison yet but i am looking forward to it because um he's yeah he doesn't chat that much about doctor who these days does he? he's not really no, not really no. no, so I hear I hear on the grapevine from people that have read it that it's quite a frank interview. Um, in fact, I saw someone tweet earlier saying it was a disgusting interview, but I don't know why they were mm. disgusted by it. So um, I'm looking forward to reading that later on. Yeah. Yes, I will pick that up later. Yeah. From Sainsbury's probably. Probably good old Sainsbury's, yeah. yeah. Other than that, buddy, not much else. Oh, I've made some more progress. More progress for the wallpapers, the classic Oh, um, excellent. Because they're getting there. They really are. And also, um, we've had a few people ask, um, uh, since we announced the winner of our goodie bag a couple of weeks ago, um, um, our listener, uh, Alex Kingdom, who won that. Um, yeah. Your your stuff is on the way, um, but I've just had a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, <laughs> not my fault, um, with the printers who are doing the T-shirt. So um, it is on its way to you, buddy. I'm just literally, I've had a bit of a uh, to-in and throw-in. Uh, back and forth with the printers over something which I won't go into now but um, that's all sorted so they reckon it's going to be out to me sort of beginning to middle of next week so as soon as that's ready and done I'll plop it in the bag and then it'll be out to you and but since we announced that um, we've had uh, a few people say 
Um, or can we buy a T-shirt? Can we buy a Big Blue Box podcast T-shirt and so on? The answer is yes, that's going to be set up very soon. Hopefully in the next couple of days, um, there'll be a shop front thing where you can buy T-shirts of varying colours with the logo on and some other bits and pieces. So uh, just keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook. We'll put that out there. But it is coming. Lovely. I yeah. just imagine them coming back from the printers with that mistake on saying something like the, the small blue box podcast. So <laughs> you're like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it, it didn't even get to that stage. It was just a, um, yeah, just a bit of a conversation I had to have with somebody there, just to, you know, put them. Oh dear, someone's been someone's been cemented and put under. <laughs> <laughs> someone's under the tarmac. Yeah. Yes, um, but that's all good now. So, what about um, the newsletter? What's going on with that? Uh, the newsletter um, that should be rocking and rolling, but there's again we've had a little technical gremlin, a cyber matter's crawled into the system, so all right. that should normally get automatically auto magically generated and sent out but something's not quite right with that so i will investigate again visions of yep. gary going around the tardis console with a big mallet like the ninth doctor smash it come on that would be easier at this point yeah and that yeah. might actually yield some results but yes it will all be just chill it'll be sorted yeah just chill it's all it's all getting there it's all good it's, yes it's all good yeah the t-shirts and stuff will be on the way excellent right buddy um shall we land this puppy yeah, let's land. Do some years. I'm just getting out of the way. Oh, yes. I love it. I haven't heard that for a while. The rant jingle. Oh, we will be needing that. We will be. First up in today's news. USA fans, US fans, American fans, North American fans, whatever you want to call it. East Coast fans more specifically. Um, if you're around in the US, uh, around New York City in October, you'll be able to link up with Mr. Capaldi and Pearl Mackey from the latest <laughs> guys uh, you can't you know for the benefit of our listeners um, I can see Adam on Skype and he's quite ferociously um, uh, <laughs> tearing up the rule book yes he's going nuts he's you know shaking his fists at various things in his room yeah. right now taking it out the glass against the wall the TARDIS wall yeah. yes so New York Comic Con is on October the 6th through to October the 9th and <laughs> uh, Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey will be there along with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. They will also be attending at the Javits Center in New York for New York Comic Con. Uh, now, this links in quite nicely to what Adam was saying earlier. Um, you know, when we were mm. discussing about um, sometimes, you know, needs must. So yeah. the only way that we can, you know, meet our favourite stars from our favourite TV show, uh, we have to sort of take an alternate route. So if we can't meet them at a convention or whatever, then we just, you know, hang out by the stage door and so on. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes that's the only way because it just seems like current stars from um, Doctor Who since 2005 just... It's one of two things. They just tend to shy away from the UK circuit 
because of a number of reasons. It might be that the convention is just not quite their cup of tea. It's not in a location that they're particularly fond of. It's not paying them enough money. Whatever it is, the UK circuit is just not attracting stars from Who. It's as simple as that, from Modern Who. Um, And it seems to me like the US circuit has just got a load more money (laughs) that they can It's all about the dollar, yeah. Um, And so, yes, you long-term listeners will know our feelings on this stuff um and the thing that makes it more annoying for me i'm not sure about you buddy but the thing that makes mm. it more annoying for me is that london film and comic-con run by showmasters they've had some huge stars in the last yeah. two years so there's absolutely no reason at all why i can understand with uh, capaldi and pearl because at, when London Film and Comic Con was on a few weeks ago, they were probably filming. Mm. So you can kind of see, all right, fair enough. That's like a clash, I guess. Yeah. Um, but anyone else, you know, like Matt Smith, Arthur Darville, um, Karen Gillan, you know, any of those people that have been in the show since then, um, there's no reason, you know, schedule permitting, why, why showmasters couldn't have snapped them up because they had the money. Because when they, you know, when they're getting people in like Michael J. Fox, Sigourney Weaver, Jeremy Renner, um, you know, these huge people who are charging bucket loads of money. Yeah. No disrespect to people like Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, but I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't fetch that much of a, a fee. They'd probably be on par with those. Yeah. I mean, Matt yeah. Smith, I would have thought would would hopefully be doing some UK stuff by now, um, yes. which I know is why a lot of people. Um, bombarded him at the stage door recently when he was doing something at the Royal Court because um, again he hasn't done anything in the UK for a long time that I'm aware of um, Jenna Coleman again is always US I mean like don't you know US listeners don't get us wrong we we are you know it's great you get to meet them we're not taking that away from you guys but it's just we'd like a slice of the action as well because um, it does seem like they never do anything uh, over here unless it's like a Doctor Who festival run by the BBC where mm-hmm. I think last time they didn't even do autographs did they do oh they did photos didn't they that's right but they didn't yep. do any autos at all um, at the last festival and it was only was, it was Peter and Jenna were the only main stars there so yeah um, great if you're you know if you can get to it uh, when is it October the 6th to the 9th yeah um, I mean I'd, that is quite a good Lineup, isn't it? Matt Smith, Karen Gillan, Pearl Mackey, Peter Capaldi, and also the uh, panel's going to include stars from class, so they're going to be giving a bit of info on that at last. Stephen um, Moffat's there, Brian Mitchell. Oh, the Moffat's there, producer. yeah. Producer, yep. So it's a really good Doctor Who lineup. Mm, it is. Um, and like yeah. you said, mate, I, I want to make this 100% crystal clear. This is absolutely not a dig at any of our US listeners or anything like that. You know, mm. you know that's great stuff for you guys, really good. It's more about, um, yeah, it's more about just the complete lack of anybody at a decent UK convention. And I'm really surprised that the Showmasters guys have not sort of, because when um, anyone that's attended any of their events, if you go onto their forums or go to their Twitter account, there's always people saying, when are we going to get Matt Smith? You know, mm. you know, we're not huge fans of her character, but there's also loads of demand for Jenna Coleman. Yeah, uh, Karen Gillan, Matt Smith, David Tennant. David um, Tennant hasn't done anything for ages in the yeah, UK, has he? But they're or, the most I mean, he's a busy ones, chat, yeah. but yeah. From who, you know, they're the ones that get requested the most. Um, 
So it's Let, let's not forget uh, Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, you a... know, we, we love Chris, but we just know that there's more. T- I mean, literally the only way you're going to get to meet Chris is if he does like another chat, you know, like that, that audience thing he did recently. And he did a signing and photo thing after. That's oh, the yeah. only time yeah. you're never going to get him at a convention. But, Probably not. but David no. Tennant, I mean, I'd love to see him do something because I know he's a busy guy and he gets loads of work still in that, um, you know, broad church and stuff. So I understand he's probably filming a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, come on. Let's just, just one day in the year, surely, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a shame. It really is a shame. Um, mm. but yes, anyway, New York comic con really good doctor who lineup. Yeah. Great. And if you do go just one last thing, if you do go, um, do post some pictures. Cause we, although we're incredibly jealous, we'd love to see, love to see some pictures. No doubt we'll be going through Twitter looking at everyone's photos with Matt and Peter going, (laughs) playing the rant jingle on a loop. Um, (laughs) anyway, in other news, um, oh dear, more bad news. Uh, Heaven Sent was up for a Hugo Award recently. Um, I think we talked about it. We did. Didn't we? A couple of weeks ago. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't win. Uh, It was beaten (laughs) by uh, Jessica Jones. Is that the one that David Tennant's in? It is, yes. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So, it was beaten by that. Apparently, the final episode of Jessica Jones was more deserving of it. Um, so that's that's sad news. I, I was looking earlier, actually, because Doctor Who has won in the past. So previous episodes that have won a Hugo Award uh, include The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, which is personally, I think, an absolutely cracking two-parter. Yep. Girl in the Fireplace, another good story. They're, mm. they're all the moth, aren't they? Yep. Blink, another moth one, that won it. Waters of Mars, absolutely fantastic episode. That won it. Pandora opens the Big Bang. Can't really remember. I think they're all right. Can't remember they're much about right, them. Actually, yep. And uh, the hugely overrated uh, the Doctor's <laughs> Wife. <laughs> now I know a lot of people love the Doctor's Wife, but I've, I've yeah. yeah, yeah, that one won as well. Uh, Listen got nominated, but didn't win. That was um, last year, wasn't it? Last Listen. year, yep. yeah. So this joins um, joins Listen in getting close, but hmm. but no cigar. No cigar. It's a, it's a bit of a shame that one, but. You know, a, de- a deserving winner, I think. Anyone that's not watched um, Jessica Jones, it's worth it just to see David Tennant play a really good bad guy. Yeah, he, d- he does bad yeah. guy quite well, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost yes. too well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I thought it sounded like you were bigging us up for something then. What's that? Uh, as you know, we spoke about it. Doctor Who, um, oh. Heaven Sent, uh, has been nominated for a Hugo Award and it didn't win. <laughs> anyways moving on some more sad news it's not a good day for news is it it's not a good day for news <laughs> uh sadly those of you who enjoyed our review of the war games uh would have heard us talk about one of the characters in particular who's uh who's a bit of um comes across as a bit of a crazy uh uh loose cannon Yes, that's a good um, word. Yeah, loose uh, count. character. So uh, um, I think it's in the latter stages. So I think episodes seven through to ten, I think he appears in something like that. Um, and those of you who have seen the war games uh, would, of course, know that we're talking about uh, the crazy Mexican Civil War soldier mm. who pops up and is very, uh, yeah, he's a, like I said, a loose cannon stuff. So the, the gentleman that played him, uh, Michael Napier Brown, has unfortunately passed away. So, um, uh, and he died at the age of 79, uh, which is really sad because one of the more, um, sort of lighthearted characters from the war games sort of brings a bit of a smile to your face whenever you're watching scenes with him. Mm. Um, 
and he sticks in your mind as well, doesn't he? Because I remember when we were doing review, we was like saying about, hey, they're all about the crazy me- Mexican guy and all that. So he, <laughs> his performance definitely stays with you, you know, even though perhaps he was uh, not one of the major characters in it, but you know, he definitely stays in the mind. He absolutely does, yeah. Um, and you know, a little bit of a Doctor Who tie-in. He was, um, uh, he he this he discovered the child actor who went on to play um, Adrian Mole. Um, but as along with Adrian Mole, he also played the Whiz Kid, annoying character in the Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Oh yeah, I, um, the, the geeky guy, the, geek, uh, the geeky G- little kid. Don't know how you say his name. Um, Gian Samarco or something. Samarco, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, so he basically, you know, discovered this guy, the little kid, yeah. and went on to be the annoying little boffin in the Greatest Show in the Galaxy. <laughs> but yes, Michael Napier Brown unfortunately passes away at the age of seventy-nine. Yeah. Right, let's move on from this this sad news. Let's move let's, on. Let's let's get these Daleks in and see what merch they've they've got us today. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish. But it's pretty. It's very pretty. Pop Funkos. Pop. Funkos. <laughs> we like a few, we like the odd Funko, don't we? We do. Yes. Yeah. I've I've gone into Funko rehab though because I have just had to stop <laughs> buying them. Into Funko rehab. <laughs> I really have because I was as if I've been about the other week and there was loads in there that I wanted. They had a brilliant Ming the Merciless. I was like, because there was a time I'd just go in and as soon as I saw one that I even remotely liked, I'd get it. Um, and I've had to stop that now because it's. I've just got loads of the blimmin' things and they remind me of, um, uh, what's the, the Adipose episode called? You know the Adipose when they're crawling along the street and there's millions of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. My bedroom's starting to look like that, but with Funko Pops, there's just too many of them. So I've, st- I've stopped buying them apart from the Doctor Who ones pretty much. Um, I love them, but there's just so many good ones out there, aren't there? There's loads. Um, yeah. And I've stopped buying them as well. I only get, you know, some of the Doctor Who ones now as well. Yeah. Um, but there's a really cool um, offer on at the moment. Uh, so the website, Iwantoneofthose.com uh, or Iwoot. Sounds like you always said, I want one. Oh. There's, oh um, you can do a really, you can do, you can do a really cool offer. No, that's not right. There is a really cool offer on where you can get three Pop Funkos for 20 quid. That is pretty good, actually. Is what are they normally eight or nine ninety nine. Depends where you get them actually. They really vary in price, don't yes. they? Well the That's cheapest, quite... yeah. The cheapest you'll get them is probably ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Um but a lot of the Doctor Who ones um are normally fifteen well, thirteen, twelve, thirteen quid normally. Yeah. yeah. Um so you can get three for twenty. So you're effectively getting well it's it, it, it roughly it's like buy two, get a third free. Um, yeah. But it's slightly better than that because some of them, like we said, are a bit more than that. So it's a really good offer. So I want one of those.com. Um, and if you do, there's an ad, there's a little sort of advert badge thing um, on the homepage. And there's also in the navigation just under the search, it says three for 20 pounds. So if you just sort of bung your, your mouse on that, give it a click, then you get presented with a load, load of pages and you have to cycle through them. Um, but they have got some cool ones on there. They've got Fourth Doctor still on there. Uh, they've got the little Cyberman pop, which I've got, which is He's really good. cute. They've got Weeping Angel. They've got Captain Jack. They've got River Song. Um, 
there's loads on there. There's um, the standard 11th Doctor. Yeah, still on there. Um, Sarah Jane. She's good. Yeah, she's pretty good. K9 on there? Uh, I'm not sure about K9. I haven't seen him yet. Um, no. But anyway, there's loads on there. There's still quite a few Doctor Who figures on there. Three for 20 quid. It's a really good deal. It is a good deal. Actually, there is one Funko Pop that I saw that you got recently that I I must admit I, I would really like. Um, you got the Alien from the X-Files, didn't you? Which yes. I know you've been after for ages. Where where did you get him in the end? Um, oh, there he is. He's holding him up, listeners. Yes. Um, there's a shop that's just opened up at the Westfield Shopping Centre at Stratford in London. Oh, right. And it's called Millennia. I think it's either Millennia or Millennium. Um, and it's completely random. I hadn't seen it there before. The only... It's like a quite hidden away. It hasn't got sort of any big lights in the window. The only reason why I went in there is because in the window they've got a massive life-size Iron Man um, ah. all lit up in the window. And I thought, ooh, Iron Man. So I had a look in and they've got loads of Pop Funkos in there, loads of Doctor Who stuff, Star Wars, the whole lot. Um, and they just do, yeah, collectibles and bags and T-shirts and all that stuff. And I found him in there. He was the only one left as well. So he's a very oh, wow. popular little figure, but yes, the X-Files, little alien dude. He's brilliant. Yeah, I bet you're well pleased, because I do remember you saying ages ago that you you uh, you wanted to try and find him. And he's he seemed to, like a lot of Funko, some of them, they come out and they seem to just be around forever. And every time you go in a shop, they're there. Um, and other ones, you see them, and then they disappear, and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you, glad you managed to finally find him. Yeah. He and, is one I would like, yeah. Yeah, just very quickly, um, they've also got um, Rose. Um, the 12th Doctor Standard, The Silence. Silence, yeah. Uh, 9th Doctor Vinyl. Um, yeah, they got quite a few on there. So if you haven't picked up any Pop Funkos yet, that's a good one. A okay, good talking of talking of offers, um, Lavazi, who are a great company that produce uh, Doctor Who replica clothing, like jumpers and scarves and things. They've, they've got a 15% off offer going on at the minute. Um, we've both got quite a few a bit of their products haven't we like mm-hmm. the i uh, don't well you haven't got this one but i've got it the the seventh doctor question mark jumper which i really think you ought to get <laughs> now that you're now that you're getting into the mccoy era um it's a it's a beauty but they do like the tom baker's scarf um they do the season 18 tom baker scarf um what mm-hmm. else they do peter davison jumper they do loads of dot two stuff. Question mark umbrella. I think they've got. So yep. yeah, it's worth going onto their website and having a look. And you can use the code. Um, it's in capitals, I think. Who fifteen uh, during tre- checkout to get fifteen percent off. So uh, if you've been sort of eyeing up, you know that question mark jumper for a while, and you you want to finally get it, now's a good time. Their, their stuff is really good, actually. I, I love all my dot two stuff. I don't often wear it out. I wore my fourth doctor scarf to the convention but i've got this thing of sort of keeping it you know sort of wear it at home but i don't want it to get ruined because i really like that stuff <laughs> whereas some people buy it they just wear it every time you see him so yeah. yeah i might i might dish out the question mark jumper next time we meet mccoy that stuff is very good um, yeah one of the best things that i own actually is my um my fourth doctor um scarf now bear in mind they do three different versions of it yeah you've got the huge I've one got the you? huge one yes they did they do one which is a really short version mm. you know then they did one that was the full length length one um and then they brought out the second one which was like actual screen proper length um, and it was but, much more screen accurate in color yeah the well. colors were, and that's honestly one of the nicest things that i own of all like the doctor mm. who merch that we've got um that i've got so it's one of the nicest 
it, the quality is just amazing and it's absolutely spot on. Um, and it's also, this is quite a good website for the ladies mm. as well because there's quite a few scarves on there and stuff like that. So it's really worth checking out, 15%. The, yeah, it is. It's good. I was going to say, I, I only I love the scarf you've got. I bought the sort of slightly shorter one, which is not a screen accurate, but still looks really nice. Um, the only reason I didn't buy the long one is because I'm so short. If I bought that thing, it would wrap me up. I'd, l- I'd be like a mummy out of like pyramids and Mars. You, you know, you'd never see me again if I put that thing on. But it is—it's a beauty, isn't it? It's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Very so good. yeah, fifteen percent off if you if you see anything on there you like, uh, give you that code again. Who fifteen? Who fifteen? Cool. Yeah, great stuff. And that's going to do for news and merch. Okay. Right, Adam, hold on. Oh, excuse me. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's really hot as Open well the today. TARDIS window. Get those TARDIS doors open. Oh. <laughs> what are we reviewing this week, buddy? Uh, we are reviewing the Ninth Doctor story, or episode, I should say, Aliens of London. Yesterday saw the start of a brave new world. Today might see it end. Hi, you want aliens? You've got them. They're inside Downing Street. <laughs> Planet Earth is at war. Everybody run! Who exactly are the Slitty? They're aliens. I could save the world but lose you. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Aliens of London. The first of a two part. <laughs> That's going to be a thing, isn't it? Yeah. The first of a two-parter in the Eccleston series. It came out in 2005, no less, as we all know, oh, in April. Wow, which yeah. Which seems like a lifetime ago now. It does. It was 45 minutes, as we all know and love, from Modern Who. Uh, it's written by RTD, Rusty Davis, mm. and it was produced by Phil Collinson, directed by Keith Boak. Oh, okay. Don't know him, but uh, while well, we're talking about him, great direction. <laughs> while we've name dropped him yeah Keith Boak has he come back has he done any just not a name I know has he, has he done any other who let's have a quick look uh, yeah he's done three episodes ah. all of Doctor Who um, yes he directed obviously this one and um, the the second oh um, yeah part two yeah yep. World War 3 yeah and he also did another one I believe yeah, it does say three, but I can't see what it was either. He's done three. Oh. Yeah. He's done we'll three. Ne- we'll never know what the third one was. But anyway, yeah, so before we get into whether we like it or not in the story, I will just say I thought the direction was good, as we've, na- we've name-dropped him. Yes, indeed. Right, so um, off the bat, buddy, before we get into some detail, what do you reckon? Um, well, I said earlier, there's no, there is no episode in... in Eccleston series, the first series, whatever you want to call it, um, that I can't quite happily sit and be entertained by and enjoy. So I enjoy this one. It's entertaining. But I do think it's one of those ones that uh, there are a lot better episodes in, in series one. So, yeah, it's not great. Um, watching it again yesterday uh, for the first time in a very long time, mm-hmm. um, there, there's certainly a lot in there that I enjoyed. But there was also quite a lot <laughs> where it just 
wasn't great. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to say, without sitting on the fence, I'm going to say a bit <laughs> of a mixed bag. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's enjoyable enough. But it's it's not one of the stronger episodes of episode one. Yeah, still still entertaining, though. So, right, yeah, so yeah. average, I suppose I would say. Average. Average. Okay. What about you? What about me? Um, I will say that I really like this one. Hmm. I really, okay. really like it. Do you? Okay. I do, yes. Uh, I think it's just a real fun. Uh, it's a real fun adventure for me. Um, I know a, a lot of people view it as a very, uh, well, not a very, but one of the more um, almost childish um, yeah. stories, um, especially with the toilet humour and, you know, just the, the, the wackiness of it, you know, at times. Um, but I've just something about it i just really really like it i think it's a really good um story setup you know with the doctor and rose having to deal with uh, rose's mum and mm. and the disappearance of rose and all that stuff at the beginning and then literally something that i just love about doctor who is bang out of nowhere a spaceship comes crashing through london mm. and then we have the whole bit with the news you know the world news covering it and stuff and before you know it we're just on this sort of thrill ride into, you know, what's going on. There's pigs running around and space pig and all stuff. Yeah. So I really like it. It's just one of those, I just get lost in it. I just love the, the whole adventure mystery aspect of it. And then, you know, it's just good old fashioned, you know, aliens in human suits. Um, Mm. you know, not the, the greatest design I would say from, you know, a doctor who monster or whatever, but it's still a fun, really good entertaining watch for me really like it yeah i can i can appreciate that i certainly found it a lot more fun to watch than i than i was expecting because i think in my sort of memory of of it and it's 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 uh easy to sort of mix up the two episodes because i i don't know yet i haven't watched um part two yet world war three i was very very tempted at the end of this but i thought Mm -hmm. no i'll I'll leave it till we do the review um so I, i haven't watched part two yet i have a feeling a lot of the stuff that i'm remembering being bad and cringy is in the second part and i might be wrong because uh, i just really can't remember it's been so long since i've watched this two-parter but one thing i did find when i watched this last night was uh, was how much i was enjoying it um i just because was, i wasn't really enthused to put it on i have to be honest with you when we said we were going to review it i initially just thought straight away i thought oh farting aliens <laughs> you know a drawn out two-parter and yep, yeah yep. i wasn't really that enthused to sort of get 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 watching it but when I did put it on, I just found myself sitting there really quite, like you said, quite actually engrossed in it. I thought the first 20 minutes were really good. I really, mm-hmm. really liked the sort of first 20 minutes of it with the um, concept of them coming back thinking they've been 12 hours and it being 12 months, uh, which I, it's bizarrely, I don't think it's ever been done in Dot 2 before. And it seems such an obvious, because it does make you think, well, what does happen to the people you know, that are left behind when a companion goes off. Like, they must notice that she's gone. So that was quite interesting, and I thought that was a really nice thing to pick up on. Yeah. Um, and I love all that the stuff with Rose's mum and, <laughs> and, and that. Um, and then, obviously, obviously, like you said, the spaceship crashing through Big Ben into the Thames. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So, yeah, first 20 minutes of this, I was sat there thinking, wow, what? You know, this is, this is much better than I remember. I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying this. I'm really going along with the ride here. Um, and then it uh, did start to slightly fall apart for me after that. I think, to be honest with you, I think as soon as the aliens started farting 
and that joke carried on. I did start to think, no, oh, it's gone a bit silly, but but it wasn't enough to ruin it. I still quite quite enjoyed it, but cool. but yeah, first twenty minutes I thought were great, really really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, just quick uh, recap on the plot. Uh, it's very simple. This one, the mm. doctor. So Rose has been away traveling. So um, uh, before this one, so we had the unquiet dead. Um, so we, yeah, so she, at the end of Rose, she ends up, you know, giving Mickey a kiss goodbye, and then she's off in the TARDIS. Um, and then she's been up in the space station witnessing the end of the world from the episode, the end of the world. Um, and then they went back in time and they did the unquiet dead. Um, what's that? Mark Gattis. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now we're here at aliens of London. So she's done a lot in that short space of time. So the plot is the doctor's now bringing her back. Cause I assume that she just wants to see her mum. And the doctor thinks that she's only been away. Was it 12 hours? I think so. 12 yeah. Minutes? yeah. 12 hours, I believe. 12 hours. Um, yeah. But he's made a bit of a boo-boo like the doctor always, you know, he's mm-hmm. terrible with time. Um, so, in that space of time that they've been away, she's actually been gone a year. So 12 months instead of 12 hours. Um, so it's like the broken clock thing. Yeah. Um, and broken clock. <laughs> we're going to have to have a clip of that, aren't we? I love it. Yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> and uh, so Jackie, as in, you know, obviously very panicky. Um, you know, there's missing posters up. You know, she's been reported missing, all that stuff. They blame Mickey, poor Mickey. Poor old Mickey. You know, Jackie point, pointed the finger at Mickey while she was away. You know, he's he bumping her off. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but then this is sort of getting somewhat cleared up. You know, Rose is being very elusive to her mum. She's not telling, not telling her mum who the doctor is or where they've gone, why they've gone, anything like that. Um, and then just as you're sort of getting into that initial part of the story, like I said, bang, the spaceship comes down. But then we find out that the spaceship was already there. This is a bit of a decoy. Um, in the meantime, the Slovene have sort of taken over a couple of members of parliament um, in their bid to sort of take over the planet. And now the doctor's been called upon uh, to help out because they've put his, uh, they've put the word TARDIS into like this search algorithm. It's flagged up. Mm. So now he's been called in. And then, yes, uh, now it's up to him to stop the Slovene. In the meantime, um, we have Harriet Jones. Um, MP for is it Flydale? Flydale, North. Flydale, North, or Clark? Yes, Clarkdale, Flydale. She says it enough. We should know it, but yeah, I, yeah, Clivedale North, Flydale North, Clive... Flydale North, isn't it? Fly, I thought it was Flydale. Yeah, Flydale North. Is it Flydale? Bear with us. Bear with. Flydale. Listeners will be screaming out at the thing now. Yes, it's Flydale. It's this, isn't it? You is it? stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. We've got to do this now because that's going to annoy my OCD, isn't it? As well as yours. Uh, Flydale, yeah, Flydale North. There you go. We were correct, yes. Flydale North. Um, She's um, in the House of Parliament, but she's got like a different agenda. Like this, the the way that the story kicks off in the first 15 minutes is the world is in shock. You know, the whole world is like we've we've witnessed, uh, you know, an alien ship and a supposed alien body being taken away from the craft. Mm. So this is like a massive turning point in the world's history because it's like we're not alone there are you know aliens exist sort of thing but she's just so concerned with like her little you know 
constituents about you know uh, you know what what's going on in her little tiny constituents and you know she's trying to get more budget you know for better hospitals in this little area and stuff yeah. and she just really wants to get it in front of the prime minister and stuff so she's got a different agenda even though the world's going nuts um but she sort of gets dragged into it doesn't she because while mm. she's trying to do this she goes into hiding she witnesses the slovene and then like she takes rose you know says she'll look after her and they get caught up in it as well so it's really cool kind of um sort of a, a couple of different storylines running through as well because we've mm. along with the slovene we've also got um yeah so harriet jones doing her thing we've got the whole mickey's doing his nut you know he's unhappy with the doctor and Jackie, she's unhappy. So that's the story, basically. And it all gets concluded, you know, in uh, World War Three. Yeah, I guess it's a good build-up, actually. That's one thing I will say about this episode. It does does build up nicely to the to what I consider to be quite a good cliffhanger, actually. Mm. So, yeah, as I said, it did... This is one of the questions I was going to ask you, actually. Is, is, did it uh, leave you wanting to watch the next episode? And I would say, yes, it does. Because I certainly yes. did. I didn't watch it because um, I'm going to wait for the review. So it's fresh in my mind. But, but I certainly did want to click onto the next episode, which I think is always a good sign mm-hmm. um, of, a, of a good cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah that's good. And also, like I said, the direction I thought of this was very good as well. It really, um, the camera seems to be moving all the time is what I notice. It's like, you know, like we sometimes said about very stilted shots and shooting point yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, this, this seems to be, um, yeah, it's very, it looks nice. The episode looks good. And like, you know, the shots of the spaceship coming through London and crashing in the Thames. I mean, um, you know, we're talking over 10 years ago. And uh, the it, the graphics still stand up fairly well. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've seen worse in the new series, so it still looked really good. <laughs> I thought, considering it's um, ten years ago, um, they're still finding their feet, uh, and to, to you know what they achieved um, on screen, I think looks really good. And yeah, liked the direction. I thought it was nicely nicely done. So. Yeah, that was yeah, good. And last point there. Yeah, I've got a load of behind the scenes uh, production photos. Um, from this episode and it's really great how they constructed a scale model of big ben yeah it's brilliant isn't it it's so detailed and it's great and i've got a load of photos that sort of document the process how they built it up and and all that stuff and they they match the footage on the thames almost perfectly because um they had this huge backdrop behind this scale model and it was essentially just you know a cloudy overcast day and then when you watch the program the program when you watch the scene of the uh, you know with the cg shot of the spaceship flying towards big ben and stuff yeah it cuts from that so basically it's just a camera flyover you know of london isn't it and then it cuts to the scene of the model and you know part of the ship crashing through and then mm. it goes back to the the flyover when they've put a cg ship that crashes into the water and so on yeah they've matched them you know the 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 mood and the lighting and the clouds and everything perfectly between the model shot and the the camera flyover shot. Yeah, and it's things you don't you probably wouldn't even sort of think of as well. Just just little attention to detail. You know, the ship you sort of see it actually go into the water. So for a sort of split second, the camera follows it under. I think you know they they've really sort of put the work in on on that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it would have been quite easy to have. You know, I th- I have a feeling nowadays they would have just literally just had a CGI shot of big ben being smashed and i don't know if they'd have gone to the amount of effort that they they did back then um yeah because like you said building this huge yeah. model of big ben for for what is literally on screen for 
two or three seconds that bit where it smashes through isn't it it's you know to build that whole thing just for that um you know i i, I think when they brought doctor who back i think series one because doctor who you know over the years up to that point i think have become a bit of a laughing stock in terms of oh it's got wobbly sets and all the spaceships are made of toilet rolls <laughs> and washing up liquid bottles <laughs> i think they really wanted to prove people you know show people Mm -hmm. this show is back this show has been given a budget the bbc believe in this you know i really do think series one they they gave it their all um and just this little tiny secret shows that i mean yeah i really think it looks good yeah it's great and the the thing i like about it is that when the when they had the the bit of the ship as a model as well that crashes through big ben Mm. what you're seeing is actual you know a, a wooden model being blown to bits mm. you know and it it's just look and you're right i think if they were to do that now it would all be cg the whole lot but there's i just can't about, seem to go into that effort yeah, yeah there's just something about a physical and that's the thing with this series as well if you go back and watch um uh, the spe- uh, something that comes to mind if you watch the special uh, features on disc one um about the episode uh, the, the opening episode rose there's a scene towards the end um, where they're in like this warehouse, aren't they, underneath the Thames, where the yeah. Nestine consciousness is, you know, and he throws the sort of uh, anti-plastic in. Yeah, and then the whole, exactly. Yeah, and then the whole warehouse starts to explode and all that stuff. There's a scene there where they actually rebuilt as a, a scale model the inside mm. roofing area and everything of that warehouse, and they triggered off like proper explosions, and they mixed it with certain CG. Yeah. And so the idea was... Um, that they had a, you know some budget allocated to CG and some budget for model work. But when you can when it's done correctly and you combine the two, it's a much more effective, you know, on-screen visual effect than if you just did the whole thing with CG. And I think they tried mm. to do that with some other things later on. I think um what was the the Ice Warrior episode with Matt Smith um in the sub Cold Ice or something. Cold no. War. Cold War, Cold sorry. War. Yeah, Cold Ice. Cold Ice. <laughs> that was a very exciting time. Um, yeah, the submarine was a model in some shots, mm. you know, and that works really well. So they've tried to do it, but it is leaning, especially in the Capaldi stuff, it's very, very CG, um, yeah. you know, stuff. So it's, I'm not, I'm not sure about any of our listeners how they feel about this, but when you have a physical prop that's been blown to crap, it does have a, a much better feel to it. Yeah, and it's great. I'm not saying that you know just obliterate you know all the CG stuff because it does have a place mm. and it does work. But when you can find that sweet spot between like live models and stuff like that and CG, and you can make them work well together, I think that's a much better result. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree. I think yeah, it's CG. The problem is we've become so used to CGI that that we just instantly pick up on it. I think a lot of the time. Whereas if it's mixed with a model shot as well, sometimes it just helps to blend it in a bit. Because otherwise, yeah. you just sit there thinking, "Oh, well, that's that's green screen, that's that's CGI." Do you know what I mean, we've we've become so used to how things are made. I suppose that's one of the things. I mean, I love like behind the scenes like shows and stuff, <laughs> but it does take away the magic a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, but it's good stuff. Yeah, it was all good stuff. And like you said, direction really cool direction in this one. I it thought was, it was good. Yeah, um, there was never a scene where you were reaching for your phone. I don't know if anyone's ever ever done this sort of psychological thing where in your mind it's like, right, you, you, as sort of based on instinct, you know, that because we're so used to how TV and films are edited and directed and so on, there's sort of like this instinct thing in your head that 
your brain knows when a scene is going to be a little bit slow or mm. something. So mm. you instantly reach for your phone, you know, to get Facebook or Twitter up while this is on. But I didn't find that watching this um, because every scene is fairly short and choppy and it all sort of paces well together as you go through the episode. The only couple of times where it sort of got a little bit, not not long at all, not laggy in any way, was um, where Rose and the Doctor are up on the roof talking just before the spaceship sort of crashes down, mm. uh, which is a nice scene anyway. Um, I think, yeah, I guess I suppose that because I thought that, but then I guess the attention is it's so that, because that is a great moment actually, because mm. they're like saying, I think they're sort of being very blasé and like, you know, after all the excitement, you know, we're just chilling out now. And then all of a sudden this great big spaceship goes over them and the doctor, this is what I love about Chris's doctor as well, is he's not like, oh, what the hell? Oh my God, we're being invaded. He's like absolutely loving it. He's like, wow, a spaceship in London. This is fantastic. And you're like, you know, he's, he's just, you know, enthralled by it. And that's what I love about Chris's doctor. Hmm. And that's, yeah, he's like a kid in a, in a sweet shop. Yeah, all it's all sudden. exciting yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah, I would say, Production-wise, very, very good. Even for its time, back in 2005, in my opinion, some of the scenes, the effects and so on, and the direction are a lot better than what we've seen in Series 8 and 9. Yeah, I, I think it's I very good. I think there was there is just the only shot that sticks in my mind as being even remotely sort of laughable is <laughs> <laughs> just the very last shot, sadly, of the Slovene. It just looks a bit rubbery where he's going... Um, Oh, all right. I can't remember what he's yeah. saying now because it kind of it's almost as if they he's still talking when the credits kick in it's almost as if they thought oh we need to chop that because it looks a bit <laughs> dodgy but it's the very last shot he kind of looks a bit like a wobbly rubbery yes. puppet yeah. and that's the only bit yeah. where I thought no oh, that's a shame because um, mm. I actually you were saying about the designers Slovene I, I quite like them um, they are a bit cuddly for a monster but I like that because it's deceiving because you wouldn't want to cuddle a Savine, but you might be tempted. Yeah, huge um, claws. Huge claws, huge eyes, um, big lump of <laughs> green monster. I, I quite yeah. like the design of them. I think they're quite a nice new, you know, new series monster. So, but they're just a bit cuddly, I think. <laughs> yeah. They've got that weird thing on the neck there, which I always think is a good thing, because they're kind of, they're not wearing anything, are they? They're not like a sea devil. They don't have a string vest to hide their modesty. They're pretty much wearing nothing bar this, um, <laughs> yeah. which I think comes into play in part two. I can't remember. They've got this thing around their neck, haven't they? Oh, the translator. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that what it is? Translator, yeah. 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 They look okay. What do, you, yeah. what do you think of the zip thing, though? Because I find that odd. Um, I th- it's one of those things where you just have to go with it. I think it's yeah. You know, because I'm thinking they they've got a suit that looks hundred percent like a human yeah. that they're replicating, but it's just I haven't quit. It doesn't if you. It's one of those things. Like I said you got to go with it because if you think about it too much, yeah, it's a little bit ridiculous that. But anyway, yeah, you it can, does bother me. Yeah, you can overthink that stuff at times. Mm. Um, if you if you you know if you sit there and pick at the details and you're like, well, how you know these things are like you know, seven, eight feet tall. Yeah. You know, how can they fold themselves up and, you know, compact themselves into a human suit? And, you know, how are they disguising the zip and all that stuff? If you pick at the details too much, you can sort of... It falls apart. Yeah, and you sort of lose enjoyment then because you've pulled Mm. it apart so much. So we do, you know, know, listeners would certainly agree that we've done that quite a few times with certain things in episodes where we've been like, well, 
No, because if that happened, then that couldn't yeah. happen. So we're guilty of it, you know, quite a few times, you know, quite a lot. However, I think in circumstances like this, where the episode is just meant to be a fun adventure, I think you've got to just let, you just got to go with it. Mm. You know, yeah. just, just realize that, yes, they're sort of compacting themselves down into a human suit zipped up at the top. Then that's it. <laughs> you mm. just, there's nothing else you can really go with unless you, you start picking it apart, I guess. But, and and the reason that they fart, and the reason they're fighting aliens is to do with the compression of the suit. Is that right? Yes, the gas exchanges while they're... Yeah, because that is the thing that, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about the fighting alien thing? Because it, it is a joke that wears a bit thin for me personally. The, uh, the, the best use of it is when the doctor turns around and says, do you mind not fighting while I'm trying to save the world? Yeah. Now, that's brilliant. Yeah. If they'd have just had that one gag... I think that would have been fine, but it does get, I thought even in this part, I don't know how much they fought in episode two. I can't remember, but um, in this one, I was thinking, Oh no, you know, it is, it is something that sticks in your mind when you think of this episode, but it's, again, not as bad as I thought. Yeah. It's not the only one scene that I thought overdid it a wee bit was when I'm shaking my booty. Yeah. You know, that scene and there's the three of them and there's the army general yeah. guy. Um, in the room just before they sort of take him out and you, you know, they use him as a suit as well. They're all at it, you know, it's about five minutes. Well, there's about a minute where they're all just farting constantly. And yeah, you know, so that, that's a bit overdone. It's a bit, you, you almost want to say to Russell C. Davis, you know, we get it. Yeah. You know, the joke's done. We understand, you know, it's, <laughs> we, we get that they fart a lot. Um, so that's a bit forced. I found, you know, they really want to hammer home the joke. So, and then, but it sort of redeems itself a little bit. Like you say, that line that the doctor drops, you know, do you mind not farting? Well, <laughs> I don't quite know. It's quite, line. it's funny. It's a funny line, but. Bizarre thing here. Can you remember? I don't remember um, Margaret Slovene uh, or Margaret Blaine, whatever she is. Um, I can't remember her farting in Boomtown. Did they phase it out or does she? Is it just that I've forgotten? Because we reviewed hmm. Boomtown not that long ago and I don't remember, don't remember uh, talking about. Parting. that's a good question i can't remember if she does or not i don't think she does i don't know i might have to go back and watch it i don't sure. think she does you know no i just wonder if they sort of watch this and i don't know whether they sort of thought no we don't need it don't need that hmm. Hmm. anyway let's move away from the from the farting from the farting <laughs> yeah um what did you think to um this whole concept then of the because i thought it was quite clever the way that they did because the Doctor figures it out in the TARDIS, doesn't he? The, the spaceship was already on Earth, and then it just did a slingshot around and, you know, crashed again. So they've already been here for a while. And the body, yeah. you know... The What's the thing with the space kid, space pig? So well, it's like they've mutilated it. So yeah. it's a pig that they've... Yeah, essentially. To make it look like an alien. Yeah, it's like a big decoy, isn't it? So mm. the body that they see, you know, on the news reports when they see a body being taken from the ship in the Thames, it's the pig... Because the the doctor scientist does like tests on it and all that stuff, and um, I thought that was quite a good way of getting them into the story because it would have been very easy just to have, you know, as we saw it, you know, a spaceship crash and stuff like that, and it would have been the Slovene in the ship that get taken out, and then they just kill a few soldiers and then off they go. Yeah, yeah. So I quite like the idea of throwing in that sort of decoy initial story. 
and the pig because it, it does make i remember when i very first watched this episode i thought what why is th- what's with the pig yeah you know it doesn't look like <laughs> an alien that's not what's going on here this has gone a bit weird but then once you've seen a bit further forward and stuff like that then and the doctor explains it then you and you also feel sorry for the pig as well. Oh, I know. When he's shot. Yeah. That, Sad. And the doctor's really heartfelt. You know, mm. he's he's not happy at all with that soldier, is he? No. Because he's basically... You know, that's a little dig, really, isn't it? I, I From Russell T. Davis, I would say that that's like a little dig at just human nature and... You know. But it's a, yeah, I like it though because it's probably true. It's mm. probably the sort of thing that would happen. Um, no, I love Space Pig. It's sad when he gets shot, and um, he looks pretty good. He's he's they keep him off screen, like they show the bare minimum of him, don't they? Yeah. Um, you you like you really have to mm-hmm. like blink and you'd miss him. But if you do see, I mean, I've, I've seen like the the face mask and that they did for him. It's actually pretty good. I think they should have had a bit more guts and just shown him just a fraction more because. He actually looks quite good, Space Pig, uh, in terms of the prosthetics or whatever, however you say it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the face mask, and that's pretty decent for him. Um, hmm. And we also get to see um, Tosh uh, from Torchwood. Oh, yes. Yeah, the scientist. Is yeah. it is Tosh, isn't it? Yeah, Tosh. Yeah, yeah the sci- playing the scientist, Dr. Sato. So that was quite nice. I completely forgotten um, that she was in it. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like when she popped up, I was like, what's Tosh doing in here? You know, um, so that's quite good. She's sort of she's sort of is she dissecting the space pig or what was she, she's sort of looking after it anyway she's yeah she's done scans and all that stuff trying to figure yeah. out what it is essentially um but yeah I, mean, I, I, I do like the space pig is a and one of the things that i noticed actually is in my notes here is that that little scene where the the, the little piggy sort of legs mm-hmm, away and the doc, you know the doctor chases after it yeah, and the soldier shoots it and the doctor reacts that way he's like it was scared you know to me, that's sort of re- that's RT da- Russell Davis was quite clever with that because that sort of enforces a message that runs through the Eccleston series, and that is the Doctor a lot of the time just views the human race as just a bunch of apes. Mm. You know, yeah. you know another another stupid ape. Yeah, you know, and that's his thing. You know, he's like, and the way that the soldier reacts, he's just. You can tell in his face, he doesn't really think about anything. He doesn't take anything into consideration. He just sees this thing running towards him that he doesn't understand. Pulls his gun out and shoots it. Yeah. And the doctor's reaction is, why did you do that? You know, it was scared. So it just reinforces the fact that the doctor is this sort of higher level of understanding and Mm. intelligence. And the human race is still at that point where he views them as just you don't know. understand something will will eradicate it yeah, yeah. which I, I i agree with you there because it makes you know it reaffirms the, the the thing that it's the same character like john pertwee's doctor did that with the silurians you know he tried to tell the human race that you can work together and mm-hmm. you don't need to just blow something up because you don't understand it so yeah i like that as well yeah. um i've just had a quick look on wiki i'm wondering if um if if she's supposed to be the same character actually um because in this episode uh, I'm talking about Tosh from Torchwood. She she's called Doctor Sato in this episode mm-hmm. in the credits, and obviously in in Torchwood she's Toshiki to, Toshiko Sato. So maybe is this supposed to be the same character, or maybe a relative or something? Because they did that a lot in when they used the same actor, didn't they? They sort of said, "Oh yeah, my sister worked at Torchwood Towers or whatever," and I think they did it with Gwen as well in The Inquired Dead. They sort of said, "Oh, you haven't got a relative." Blah blah blah. So I don't know if it's supposed to be the exact same character or 
or a relative. But yeah, it's good to see her in there anyway. Yeah, I think it is the same same character. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Didn't realise that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so Space Piggy meets a gruesome end. He does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rightio, let's talk about... Um, yes, I mean, the story itself, which we've covered, is... Have you got anything else to say on the story side of things? It's um, it, no. It, I think you've summed it up. You, you just got if you're just looking for a story to sit and enjoy. And I'll tell you one thing that I did think about this this one is that it, I think it's one the whole family can enjoy. Which yeah. I think I don't want to start banging on about comparing how good Doctor used to be to the new series. Blah blah blah. But I do feel this is something we've lost. I, I, I couldn't help but feel that watching it. So thinking this has got a. Um, a feel to it that that we don't have anymore. Like the whole family could find something to enjoy in this. It's, you know, it's a bit silly, whatever, but it was definitely enjoyable. So that's all I've really got to say about the story. I think there is a part of that we've slightly lost over the years, you know, like Mm -hmm. things have become a bit too serious story arcs, blah, blah, blah. Whereas um, I think, yeah, you could quite happily just sit down and be entertained by this and just don't think too much into it. I think you could enjoy it. So story wise, yeah, I thought it was all right. I completely agree with you, mate. Because after I finished watching this one, and I've, I've got it written here in my notes, I wrote in my notebook, why can't we have more of this in Doctor mm. Who today? Yeah. Uh, and the my feeling on it is, and I hate pointing fingers, but the moth has just written in certain characters with so much gravitas and so much weight that the show just buckles under its you know, under the pressure of the the amount of stuff that he's, let's take Clara, for example. Mm. Um, I, where, where was I? I was at a family thing. I can't remember what it was. A a family do like the Mrs. You know, family, something. And I got talking to a couple of people and we were talking about TV and so we got into Doctor Who and they had said to me that they used to watch it years ago, um, but they'd sort of fallen out of the loop and they didn't really know what was going on. Mm. And when they said, so what's, what's going on at the moment? Cause, um, uh, one of them said, oh, I was quite excited when Peter Capaldi was cast as the doctor. So what's going on in the show now? And I'm not exaggerating. I must've spent at the amount of time that we spent speaking about Dr. Who, I spent two thirds of that time explaining who Clara was, mm. what she, you know, her impact on what happened with the show here and what happened here when the doctor's had to save her here and she's had to do that. And all this stuff, and I, you know, when you have to do that, it's just, you can't have really adventurous episodes like this one because Rose hadn't developed at this point mm. into like the, um, dare I say it, you know, romantic aspect. Yeah. You know, at yeah, this point, true. you know, we're too early in the series yet. She hasn't really, we haven't really got into that, you know, will they, won't they, are they, aren't they? Mm. all that stuff yet so it was still a fairly light-hearted just adventure yeah it's adventure and it's relatable isn't it like you've got you've got um rose's mum jackie you can totally relate to her and how she reacts to the doctor um you've got mickey the boyfriend you know you can totally relate to him and how he's feeling they're characters you care about and it's situations that you can see yourself in like you know just simple things like the people having street parties and uh, welcome to our planet banners and stuff that you think mm-hmm. yeah you know that's the sort of thing we would do if aliens landed we'd all go and get drunk and you know it'd be one big party because that's what we're like as human so yeah there's a, there's a lot of fun uh and adventure yeah in series one yes um that, that i totally see where you come from which whereas 
we've moved down a sort of more um arc led like you said the whole well let's not get started on clara but i i know where you're coming from you try and explain all that to to somebody and they're just going to be like what you know whereas if you sat down and said oh yeah this is about um you know a group of fighting aliens that have evaded earth and you know it's it's just simple simple storytelling isn't it simple writing and if can you imagine trying to do this episode now with the doctor and clara I can, no. Or if you yeah. go, if we rewind back a series and try and did this now with the Doctor and Clara, because inevitably we'd have to have a scene where, at some point, you know, thousands of years ago, Clara, in another point in her life, would have, you know, lent on a button that forced yeah. a serene spaceship out into space, and it would all would have circled round, and it would have been Clara's fault. But then Clara redeemed it somehow in one of the Doctor's, you know, future adventures in the in his time stream. And you just can't, you couldn't do it, could you? No, you know, no, it's definitely definitely got its own feel, different feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And one which I I prefer. Yeah, I think that's why I enjoyed it so much, actually. Yeah, Chris Chibnall, please, 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 <laughs> you know, just rewatch a lot of the RTD stuff and just bring us back just the fun, you know. <laughs> adventure just adventure to doctor who and just get away from all this bogged down of writing so much pressure on characters and massive story arcs and and all that you know let's just get back to fun doctor who where everyone in the family can sit down and have a laugh be scared you know be enthralled you know what's let's just get back to that Mm. that's one thing i did love about this actually is that when you know you you get because i think some people will say about the the pacing being a bit all over the place perhaps but but what i liked was you you could we had quite some silly scenes humorous scenes Mm -hmm. which you know you will or will not enjoy whatever but but when they did turn nasty at the end i thought oh yeah this is good you know Mm -hmm. we've we've gone from being a, a, a comedy quip from the doctor about farting aliens to suddenly it's all kicking off and you know and um uh what's um jack is trapped in the kitchen with a policeman who's about to turn into a Slovene and the Slovenes <laughs> are all coming out now and it's it's turned a bit scary just a little bit scary and it, you know it was good good contrast I thought then to having humor to to go in dark again and a bit of excitement and I, yeah. yeah I thought that worked really well in it really cool uh, mm. just a couple of scenes that are really good before we get on to characters mm. um, the scene in Jackie's flat where just progressively more <laughs> and more people just pile in and yeah. the doctor's trying to watch the news and brilliant keep up with what's going on there's like a kid in his lap and you know and he's you know shoves him across and then he's frowning all the time because you know such an important part of human history is unfolding before their eyes and they're all just off gossiping about you know so and so down the road and yeah that's a great scene a lovely scene and you've got a quick um scene of them making a cake on blue peter of a spaceship (laughs) you know it's just lovely little yeah. scenes yeah lovely little bit of writing and then there's a real funny scene where mickey doesn't realize that rose is back and he's out on the balcony you oh, can see yeah. the tardis disappear and then he runs down and then he's like smashes into the wall <laughs> and then he goes back up to see rose he's like what are you doing you know and he's really angry oh um, and his face when he walks in because she hasn't even gone to see him and she's like obviously got caught up in events and forgotten about him unintentionally poor mickey. Feels, oh yeah. you can but again you can totally relate that look that they give each other when he walks in, he's furious, and she's like, "Oh no, I forgot, forgot yeah, about yeah. you." And it's like, yeah, again, it's just so relatable that you're like, "Oh dear, poor old Mickey." Some good stuff. And then when they're outside, and Rose is like, 
where's it? You know, she's confused where why the doctor's run off the TARDIS is gone mm. and Mickey's just really playing up to it he's like you've been oh he dumped. loves it doesn't he yeah yeah you've been dumped yeah and the Jack is hey, what, what's going on where's this doctor and he's like he's vermouth he's <laughs> you know he's off and then he comes back and then that really funny banter between the doctor and Mickey and he keeps calling him Ricky doesn't he Ricky yeah and it's winding him up and it's just great it's really good character writing it's just funny but it's not quite funny from a certain perspective you know if you're Mickey you you get a rough ride when you're yeah, you you know, this first series because Rose mm. basically doesn't you know give a crap about you yeah you know she just forgets about you she just runs off with some other guy and stuff and um and then the guy that she runs away with just constantly digging at you and winding you up and stuff so he gets a real a real rough ride doesn't he he does it's and funny. Rose gets the TARDIS key as well doesn't she he, in this which again I'd forgotten about that nice little moment the oh, doctor yeah. says oh yeah. I think you I think you've earned one of these by now that's quite nice I, I, and I love uh, Jackie as well when she comes in the TARDIS and she's you don't know what's going to happen with Jackie do you because I <laughs> again had forgotten you know so long ago so I thought she kicked off but she doesn't she just sort of takes in the situation and, and suddenly gets really scared mm-hmm. about what her do- what her daughter has got herself involved in hasn't she she's like what what is going on here you know um mm-hmm. so that again is just a really nice bit of writing because she really flips and that's something that would happen isn't it if you you know if you were jackie and you saw your daughter in this crazy world you'd be scared when you'd be like what have you got yourself into <laughs> you know so it's a great yeah it's a great scene it's really good and there's lots of little scenes like that that are very good in this episode. Once you've, if you've not seen it for a while, and then you watch it again, you think, oh yeah, I've forgotten how cool that bit is or how good that bit is. Yeah, I totally had. I mm-hmm. honestly, I wasn't bothered about watching this story at all. I have to be completely honest. I was really, I wasn't dreading it, but it was just like I kept thinking, right, I better give that a watch then. And uh, yeah, I, there's loads of scenes in it like this that I was just like, this is really good. I, I can't believe I'd forgotten this. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's good. Right, some characters. Characters. Characters, quite a few in this. Yeah, so um, we've spoken about um, uh, the scientist, uh, Sato, Dr. Sato. Um, mm-hmm. Very genuinely scared and intrigued about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was good because, again, very easy. Just have someone like, yep, here's the lab results. It's this, but she's genuinely quite creeped out by this pig uh, thing that's been sort of engineered by the Slovene. I like that scene actually when she's like, it's escaped. And mm. then, and then the doctor realizes actually it's still in the room with them. And at this point we don't know that space pig is harmless. We, you know, for all we know, it could be about to rip their head off. So that's a good <laughs> scene. I thought they, like you said, she looks genuinely scared and the doctor's genuinely like intrigued by all. So that's a good scene. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Then we have the fake members of parliament stroke army stroke police mm. so the 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 slovene characters when they're in human form so we have um let's talk about so the guy that plays he eventually gets prime minister duty doesn't he yeah um that guy is called is it jack tarleton i don't know because i don't think i didn't catch his name in this, I'm not sure who he, which he was actually, because there's him, and then there's sort of the. Uh, no, nope, Jack is uh, the news reporter. Oh, he's the news reporter. Yeah, we have two news reporters. Don't we? We have this guy um, uh, called Tom, Tom Hitchinson, 
um, played by Jack Tolton. He's like the BBC, the British news reporter that gets very, who actually gets <laughs> from the Thames to the Oh, the yeah, I noticed that. He gets there in split second. Like, in the so, time it took them to make a cake on Blue Peter, he managed to get... Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. No, it's yeah. not the Blue Peter guy. No, no, I know, but I'm saying, you know, in because the, in the, the scene where he switches to him making oh, the cake, sorry, the he time, switches back sorry. and he's already yeah. there. And I thought, God, he got there quick, yeah. Very sorry, yes. He gets, yeah. yeah, so he's like on the Thames. Literally, I, mean, I know the, the hospital is meant to be quite close. Mm. Um, to the Thames, but flipping hell, like the whole news crew are there in like half a second. Um, and then we have, so we've got the policeman that goes around to Jackie's house. I know that guy. He's I been, recognize him. He's been in loads of stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Keris Jones. He's been in quite, he's had loads of very small parts. He was in that big school thing with Catherine Tate and David Williams as one of the teachers, but he's been in lots of little things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Keris Jones anyway. Um, then we, so the guy who plays a prime minister, what's his name? Um, I'm going to take a stab at this and say that it was David. David Very. Is it? I don't I'm know. I'm going to go with that anyway. Um, so his, I thought his character was really good. Um, I thought that he just, and, and the one scene that made, that makes me, you know, because originally I just thought, you know, he's just a, you know, a, a very fun role just to play like a farting you know, hmm. uh, character. But there's a scene at the end where the army general, uh, General Asquith, is in the room with them. And he's like, I'm relieving you of your duty as prime minister. And he gives this, he looks up with this real creepy look at him. Hmm. I don't know if you can recall that scene, but. Yeah. Because they're all laughing and joking. They've done the whole, I'm shaking in my booty thing and all that. Like, they're having a laugh. He's like, I'm relieving you of your duty. And then he looks up with this real horrible, creepy face. And I've that I just thought, wow, you know, this guy means business. Yeah, no, so, I know exactly what you mean. That's what I meant earlier about the um going from sort of comedy to mm. suddenly being like, Oh, this guy actually is quite scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought he was quite decent actually. Yeah. And yeah. then we've got the the army general himself who ends up, you know, as a Slovene. Mm-hmm. Um uh, General Asquith. Uh I think that guy was called Rupert something. Um, Harriet Jones gets locked in the cupboard with his with his <laughs> with his skin suit. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought you know another good character. You know, playing it as written, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. No theatrics there. Um, then we had um, Margaret Blaine. Oh yeah. Badland. Yeah, I like her. Um, she's better in. I I think she's. Because she has more to do in Boomtown. I, I prefer in Boomtown. Oh, she's Town. much better in Boomtown, she's, yeah. She gives a great performance in that. But she's still, there's something really creepy about her face. There is. She's just got that face. No disrespect to Annette, you know, she's, but she's got one of those faces that just creep me out. Mm. You know, even before this story, even before, you know, she popped up in this, she's just got one of those faces that just, I don't know, just really sinister. You know, and like, what is going on behind that face? <laughs> Even when she's I, smiling and, ni- and being nice, it's like, no, nah, something's not right there. I, I do know what you mean. And also she's got the right hair to hide the zip. Because <laughs> when true, she starts, true. when she looks evil, because she does, she does sort of evil face acting quite well, doesn't she? She's like, right, I'm yeah. coming out now. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, I know what you mean about her. But there is something about her. She's, yeah, 
obviously better in Boomtown because she gets more to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just like like her. <laughs> She's still cool. Yeah, um, Harriet Jones by played by Penelope Wilton. Yeah, what do you reckon to Harriet Jones? Because she's um, she she obviously goes on to play quite an important role, especially in the Christmas Invasion, where yeah. she makes quite a rash decision that annoys the Doctor a lot. That's right. But, but at this point, she hasn't really got the power to do anything. She's just the local MP in a very very small constituency, and she hasn't really got any clout. She's just like this little busybody. I was trying to remember how she goes from this to being that all powerful because I can't, I honestly can't remember. But um, I really like the actress Penelope Wilton because mm. I love Ever Decreasing Circles. I absolutely love that show. <laughs> and um, and I like her in the, I do love the character of Harriet Jones. Um, but she's a little bit annoying in this one because I suppose because she's meant to be. She, like you said, she's the busybody. She keeps mm. going on, I'm Harriet Jones, blah, blah, blah. So she's, yeah, she hasn't quite got into the character that I, really like yet but i still thought she was good in it i think she becomes yeah. prime minister because she immediately jumps on the job you know at the end of world it all war blows III, up yeah you know basically downing street was destroyed apart from the metal box that they all survive in oh that's right and yeah. then they realize that most of parliament's been wiped out and she's like the, the like surviving mp of the whole disaster and is that soon, what it is yeah, yeah and then as soon as they towards the end of the episode i think so anyway um she basically comes out and starts doing news reports and gets on the job. So I think she just gets on the sort of public confidence vote immediately after that disaster. She right. sort of wins the public over. And then the next time we see her, the Christmas invasion, we can tell that, you know, it's all paid off because she's now prime minister. That's it. I do. Yeah, I like her though. I think she, she's good. She is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickey. Mickey. Noel Clark. Um, what a cool guy Noel Clark is. He is. Yeah, he really is. Um, and I think he's he's great as Mickey in this. He looks really young. He does, I, yeah. I just couldn't help when he first appeared. I was like, oh, my God. He, yeah, he really does look young in it. But, um, yeah, good little performance. And you you know it's good because you feel sorry for him. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you didn't yep. care about him, you'd be <laughs> like, ah, good. Uh, but, no, great performance and little performance of Noel Clark. I, I love the whole setup of... Um, of like Jackie, Mickey and, and Rose. Uh, I think they're just very believable characters. And uh, yeah, mm. Noel's good in it. I thought he'd give a good performance, especially yeah. I think the best scene is the one you mentioned earlier when he's <laughs> delighted in the fact that, um, you know, the tables have turned on Rose. Cause to be honest, she kind of deserved it after the way she treated him. So <laughs> he's really pleased when he thinks the doctors left her just like she left him. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's great in that scene. Yeah. And that's before we move on just very quickly. For me, that is one of the best things about Russell T. Davis's writing is that he, the way that he writes characters and their view on things and their dialogue is so relatable. Mm. I mean, that, that's why some of his stuff that he's written is some of the best you'll ever watch on television because his character writing and his sort of observational writing about what's going on in the world at the time is just bang on mm. so you know it's for me for when we see a lot of episodes that the moth's written it's very much i feel it's um it, it sort of gets lost in the timey-wimeyness of some of the storylines and what he does he sort of forces the character into a corner because he's written the story that way so they've only got sort of limited things that they can say and do 
mm. because otherwise it impacts too much on another scene or another story. Whereas with the Russell T. Davis stuff, it's just all of his episodes are just full of these little scenes where the characters are just engaging with each other. And as a result, you know, the, you know, we engage with them as viewers a lot more, I feel in the Russell T. Davis era because they're relatable. We engage with them and they, we see scenes and we see characters along with how they're seeing it as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So when we see Mickey being that way with Rose, we know know why we know exactly why. And, you know, and it's, and there's a little part of us that are like, you know, what bloody, you know, right on as well, because yeah. you know, we'd be like that. And it, so you really absolutely feel for the characters, you know, the RTD era characters and some of the scenes that he's written and stuff. And I love that about art. If you've ever seen any of Russell T. Davis's other stuff that he's done over the years, and you and I have spoken about some of his other things, haven't we? Like mm. um, Second Coming. Second Coming. Um, uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, Queer as Folk. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those things, the the characters are just bang on believable and relatable. Mm. Um, I, you know what I mean by that? I, I do. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I mean, I'll back it up with with example. I mean, you look at the, like you said, you sort of almost rooting for Mickey in that scene, um, you know, and then you compare it to a scene like we reviewed Listen recently where you've got Clara in the having the meal with with um, Danny and we both said didn't we the dialogue was just so clunky and unnatural and you people don't talk to each other like that so you just sat there thinking oh what's this about whereas in this the dialogue is natural and and it's the sort of things people would say and it's the sort of thing you as the viewer is wanting to say mm-hmm. so that that's the difference I think absolutely two right stars yeah yeah good comparison there as well yeah, yeah. Um, so yes anyway Noel Clark really good as Mickey like him and really funny in this one you know he's heartbroken but he, you know it's kind of funny along with it um Jackie Billy's Jackie mom. get up I Jackie. love Jackie when are we gonna meet her I really want to meet meet her um Camille yeah Kaduri. I think she, yeah yeah she's on my list yeah of people to get just because she I, I mean I, I don't know she might be nothing like her character but she just seems fun and uh and I totally believe in her as the caring mum mm-hmm. towards Rose um I think she's good good in this story um yeah good performance um i just love jackie i think she's great she's a really good character isn't she yeah because she's got that um this is meant to be set in london isn't it yeah we it does mix like i say it is quite nice to see genuine london locations in this one because obviously a lot of the time cardiff is doubling up for london yeah. and they mix the two quite well i thought because obviously rose is flat and all that is in cardiff and then we've mm-hmm. got all the stuff around big ben and the thames which is london we've got downing street which is actually um uh it's a road very close to sci-fi center actually um stamp center oh we uh, walked on the there, strand yeah you and I, we've been there we've been there that's so yeah, yeah so that's that's london um so that, yeah they they do mix the two together quite well i mean i co- can easily believe that we're in london when when we're not mm. some of the time yeah yeah and vice so, versa yeah so it's meant to be like a, a a very basic sort of London estate, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, Jackie Tyler's character is uh, anyone that's grown up in the South of England, just more specifically London, you know, over the last, you know, since the sort of seventies, eighties, really, you know, this is quite a common setup where you have a single mum, you know, raising uh, a kid or kids, whatever. And they have to be strong characters, you know, single mums living on a, we never really see any trouble in Doctor Who, but living on what's, you know, 
perceived possibly as quite a rough London estate. Yeah. You know, bringing up a daughter, they, the, the sort of London single mum has got to be a very strong character. And um, Camille just does that in her mm-hmm. sleep. Um, and it's really great to watch sometimes because she's just got no, she just doesn't care. You know, she'll happily, you know, dish out a slap across the doctor's face. She does give him a good old slap. She gives him she? a good right hander. Yeah. And then, you know, she, she's just in there completely concerned about uh, Rose, doesn't care. It's just great. I love seeing Jackie on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It's great stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Rose. Rose. Oh, Your yeah, Billy Piper. I nearly forgot about Billy. Billy yeah, my, my new BFF. Yeah. Um, I actually thought she was really good in this because um, I, I love series one, Rose, actually. Mm-hmm. I think the more I rewatch her, um, I really liked in this. I thought she was really good at in her performance of not going over the top um, with scenes that, that perhaps it would have been easy to do that, like when the alien ship goes over she doesn't like oh my god wow it's an alien shit you know she's not really annoying or, or over the top like that i thought her performance was really good in it and i love all the stuff like you said with mickey because she she sort of comes across as that sort of person that would just sit there and watch the tv and then think oh actually i better go and see mickey because it's been a year in his world yeah. uh, you know so uh, yeah a good performance from from billy tyler in this i thought um some good scenes with chris as well because all that stuff about, you know, um, being left behind. And she, there's the interaction between Rose and the doctor is good in the sense that they are a team. Like she says to him, you're going off to investigate, aren't you? He's like, no, no, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not. (laughs) She like, she knows full well that he is. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think they're a good little team and I thought she gives a good performance in this one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Also a big fan of Rose in this one. She wasn't too, uh, needy, wasn't too moody, wasn't lurching yeah. all over the doctor like we see in a few episodes later on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good balance, I would say. Yeah, I liked her, liked her a lot actually in this this series. Yeah. And Mr. Eccleston. Mr. Eccleston. Now, um, we both really like Chris, don't we? And mm-hmm. I, I really do rate him as the Doctor. I'm gonna just say that that he wasn't bang on the money for me in this story as well as good as he is in others um so he's still good in it mm-hmm. but i found him a little bit too he didn't seem as comfortable as he does in other stories that's probably the best way i can describe it like there's a lot of gurning and a lot of grinning going on and a lot of sort of wide-eyed looking around so don't get me wrong i still thought he was great in it you know i love chris's doctor and i love chris as the doctor but but there were just certain moments like when he's a little bit just a little bit OTT, like with the grinning and maybe it's the humor <laughs> side of the script that I always think Chris is much better when he's doing the darker, serious doctor. So maybe just some of the humor didn't quite right. sit right with him, mm-hmm. um, but still good at it. Still very, very good in it, but just a little bit at times. I just was like, it just didn't seem as comfortable in the story as, as he does in, in some of his other ones. Okay. I mm-hmm. think, um, I, yeah, I think I'll agree with that. It's, um, he was a little bit more reserved for me, yeah. Than what when we've seen him at his best in this um, in this series, and I think he's still good, still really good. Um, but I just feel like the the script didn't really call on him to do much in the way of like standout scenes or standout lines or anything like that. I think perhaps the next episode, I think perhaps he gets more. He does. Uh, there's yeah. more. 
meat on the bone for him. But uh, yeah, nothing really against Chris's performance. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think he just didn't have an awful lot to do. Um, but he's still good, like you said, about the scene where he's trying to get the TV remote off the kid and stuff like that. All that's great. Um, the scene where he says about saving the world and all that is, is all good. Actually, there is one bit I absolutely love with Chris in this. I nearly forgot. It's when he comes out of the cupboard or whatever it is and all the army officers raise their guns and he's like surrounded by about 20 guns <laughs> yeah and uh, he just smiles he's just and i i don't know why but i just <laughs> always love that because that sums up the doctor there's no panic there's mm -hmm. not like that he's just like okay i'm just gonna deal with the situation and he does Chris, isn't it yeah that's yeah. great i love that moment yeah yeah it's all good stuff so he is good in it he is good he is yeah. good just a little bit more reserved in his performance for me. Mm, yeah. yeah, same. Anything else you want to mention before we get on to our scores? Um, no, no, I don't think so. I think we've, we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, you're good. Uh, I thought the music was pretty good. We mentioned the music. I thought that was pretty good. Murray Gold doing his... He's got a very distinct feel to season. Uh, where's, where's the swear? Where's the swear jar? <laughs> right. Gary does like to say season, if you're wondering why. <laughs> yes. Series... Right, so series one, um, Murray Gold has definitely got a, a distinct feel. Versus it's different, some of the isn't other it? Ones. It doesn't yeah. sound as doesn't sound as orchestrated as his latest stuff. Mm, it's more sound um, effecty and more, yeah, sort of electronic, I guess. But um, I thought it was pretty good. Really like Murray Gold's series one stuff. Yeah, I do. I, li I like the soundtrack a lot. Actually, it definitely has its own feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you about that. Um, I suppose we should just quickly mention Unit actually before we wrap up because oh, they. Okay. They, I, this must be the first time that they're introduced in the new series, I assume. Um, just thinking back now, what have we had before this? Rose, they're not in it. Um, they're not in Rose. Like, no, not in Rose. They're not yeah. in... Yes, this is, it must be. Yeah, it must be it the is, first yeah. time we yeah. get to see Unit in the new series. Um, we don't get to see much of them, do we? Um, don't no. know if they're in the second part more. Uh, but yeah, good to see them getting a mention. I would imagine, obviously, as it's the first time um, back then people would have been like, oh, yeah, Unit, Unit have got mentioned. So it probably was a big thing back then, whereas yeah. now they've been in it quite a lot. So mm. um, I'm sure, I can't remember, but I'm sure I would have been having a little scream at the TV <laughs> when they got mentioned back then. Yeah. Yes. Right, Aliens of London. Aliens of London then, so. Our scores, it's you to go first. Is it me? Um, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I didn't <laughs> think it was perfect. I enjoyed it. I certainly found it entertaining. Let's put it that way. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought <laughs> I did. Okay. Um, but but it's not perfect. I mean, yeah, I do think there's some some issues with it. So seven out of ten, but a strong seven. Yeah. Cool. What for me, you? for me, I'm going with a seven point five. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were going to go for a nine or something <laughs> ridiculous then. No. Uh, seven point five. Well, that's good then, because yeah. Yes, I think it's a very very fun watch. Um, it is. It's absolutely not up there with some of the more um, uh, self-proclaimed classics from modern Doctor Who. You know, it's not as bad as its reputation, though, is it? Yes, I think that's more accurate. Yeah, it's definitely not as bad as what you would think. If you heard people talking about it, you'd think, well, it's not that bad. Um, but it's a great fun watch. Really, really funny in places. Great story. Great characters. Hmm. Yeah, it's just not as great Does as some of the does it all go downhill in part two though? See, I'm thinking, is that the thing? Is part because I can't remember, honestly. <laughs> is is it part two that just people remember more? And of course you you amalgamate the two together 
So maybe part two is the reason it's got the rep it has. Maybe I don't it's know. weaker. Um, yes. We shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. Yeah. Um, right. So what did you guys think? Um, we had quite a few reviews in um, audio clips, which is great, um, mm. Twitter and Facebook. So we're going to plough through just a few of these audio clips first. So first up is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garrett Allen for the Voodoo Box Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoy the show. Uh, now, Aliens of London, I love this story, uh, mainly because of the concept of Slitheen and how they can infiltrate and become prime ministers. And yes, they are farty, jokey aliens for the kids, but how they can infiltrate and become prime minister and become really big figureheads. We don't know if anyone could be a Slitheen. I mean, Donald Trump could be a Slitheen, which wouldn't surprise me, by the way, but it could be a thing. Um... <laughs> You know, we just don't know. I think that was really good. And I like the cliffhanger at the end where all these people in the room were getting attacked and they died. So everyone that knew everything about aliens, but of course they didn't get the doctor, was dead. And that added to the next episode. But also Eccleston, the story is great. I love Rose Tyler for once. That's that's, that's a rarity. Um, And I also like Mickey and Jackie. But... I I can't just go without saying in this review, I love the opening bit where they're late. It's just funny. She gets slapped. Um, he gets slapped by Jackie. <laughs> you got to love Jackie, haven't you? But yeah, I'm going to give the story a 9 out of 10. I really enjoy this one. See you guys next week. Thank you very much, Alex. Cheers, Alex. High school there. He's got a point about Donald Trump. He? <laughs> <laughs> he could be a Slovene. You never know. Mm, yeah, you know. Uh, let's keep the audio train going. This is Owen Daly. Hi guys, hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So, Aliens in London, the Night Doctor story. Uh, this is a fantastic story in my opinion. It's uh, the first part of the two-parter, I believe. Um, so, excuse me if I just get muddled up a bit because I'm actually not sure what happens in each part. But from what I remembered, this is possibly one of my favourite episodes of Series 1. The Slitheen are my favourite monsters of all time. Uh, <laughs> Shoot me if you want, but I just love the Slitheen. I think the story is just such a great introductory. It's a great new monster, and how they're introduced is great. It's kind of kept in the shadows like the classic era, and you only really start to see the monsters at the end of part one. Um, one thing that really I really love about the story is the cliffhangers. Uh, there's a lot of cliffhangers at the end. You've got the policeman attacking Jackie. You've got the, 12th, uh, the Night Doctor getting electrocuted. And I believe there's a Rose cliffhanger as well, which I can't remember. But they're just so gripping and really left me wanting to watch part two. Um, it's just... It's a really great setup, and it reintroduces Unit to the new series, which is great. Uh, introduces Harriet Jones. Um, it also has like great moments of reintroducing Rose back to Earth and having to see the consequences of her running away, which I really, really did enjoy. So, for a first part of a two-part story, I will give this a seven out of ten. So, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Good stuff. Yeah, excellent, good stuff. So that's that's nice to hear some positive stuff going. I I had a feeling this was going to get slate because I, yeah. Just don't remember it being that good. But, yeah, it's nice to hear some positive stuff. So far, so good. Mm. Uh, let's oh. welcome welcome back our, our good old friend. This is uh, Lou from Loopyland. Hello, hello. Long time no speak. So, Aliens of London. I think my favourite bit is when Rose and the Doctor have that little chat on the wall before the ship crashes. We don't often get those ordinary little moments. And I just love Rose and Nine together so much. I get all nostalgic over these early scenes when they're getting to know each other. I'm not a huge Slitheen fan, really, but it's a fun story. I think it gets better in the next episode, to be honest. World War Three. So I think I'll give it a 6 out of 10. It would be less if it weren't for Rose and Nine. Thank you very much, Lou. Cheers, Lou. Good to hear from you, yeah. Some good stuff there, right. 
she um, says it gets better in part two. I hope she's she right. Does. Yeah. 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 Uh, right on Twitter, Joseph Hudson says, "Too childish for Doctor Who." Oh. That's your lot. Uh, oh right, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> that's it yeah. Uh, Neil, uh, his Twitter name is uh, at Brighter Moon B R Y T E R. Says uh, an odd one. This here's my review, uh, and he's got the attachment. Uh, it says, uh, "Hi guys, thanks for awesome work on the podcast." Uh, for the glory of the Centauran Empire. Hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, he said, this is a strange episode. It feels like the writers were still trying to find their feet in terms of what they want uh, the tone of the new show to be. Uh, on one hand, um, they give you large green farting aliens. On the other, they give you the complex relationship of Rose and Mickey. Uh, the story itself is a good one and is helped by Eccleston being brilliant, but it never really kicks into anything special. Six out of ten. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yep. Um, Daniel Fox says, uh, quite silly but quite fun. Eccleston and Piper are great, and the Slovene need to be in more episodes. Eight out of ten. Cheers, Daniel. Uh, Ken Major says, uh, Slovene in this episode typified misplaced comedy in first half of series one. Great use of locations and dialogue um, with leads. Uh, six out of ten. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, the Geek's Handbag. That's me. That's you. You've just been watching it. That's all. All oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Elijah Crayling says this story with a silly monster actually was quite a cool story. Uh, Slothene, I actually think, aren't as bad as what people say they are. No. Yes. Uh, that will do for Twitter. Uh, let's do some more audio. Uh, this is Russ Hilton. On the downside, the first CGI shots of the Raxacorico-Falipatorians removing their people skins are poor, making the costumed versions actually look good, for the time being at least. And for me, the farting jokes were well overdone. The episode itself finished on a high though, with the return of the Doctor Who cliffhanger. The Doctor in peril, Rose in peril and Jackie in peril, and hero of the hour elect Mickey nowhere to be seen. For me, the cliffhanger is what Doctor Who is all about. And waiting a whole week for the resolution again. Wow. My favourite show was back. Thank you very much, Russ. Yeah, I agree. It's a, yeah, it's a good cliffhanger. And I do love a cliffhanger, so I will agree with him on that one. Yeah, it's good great. stuff. Um, mm. And incidentally, Russ, by the way, um, goes uh, by the online name of Theta Sigma. Yes. Um, and if you've not checked out the Theta Sigma podcast, you should do so. Yeah, it's a good one. Very good. Uh, right, um, let's jump over to Facebook. Sammy Satine. She says, right, uh, Rose has gone a year. Jackie is upset about that and slaps the Doctor. Uh, giant spaceship crashes into Big Ben. What is a spaceship? What exactly are the protocols for an alien incursion? And uh, who are these large people with zips in their heads? Uh, yes, I know they are a Slothene. Uh, we still don't know their species name, though, um, because Slothene is the family name. Um, no. So are yeah. they uh, mm. Roxacora Palafatorians? Um, the actors who play them do a great job. Nice to see Unit. First time in the modern series we see them. Um, and Tosh examines the body of an alien. I thought she worked for Torchwood. Uh, mm. Nice to see her, though. Harriet Jones, the woman who can't help but introduce herself. Uh, Trinity Wells. Uh, big disasters on the show uh, are not the same without her. Uh, love the cameos from the BBC news people. Love the interactions between Mickey and the Doctor. Feel a bit sorry for Mickey. He gets put down a lot um, by the Doctor and his girlfriend. Rose treats him badly for the most part. Uh, Noel Clark does an excellent job of playing Mickey. Uh, this episode makes me nostalgic for the characters of Jackie, Mickey, Toss, Trinity Wells. 
Series 1 Rose, because of Series 1 Rose, was nicer than Series 2 Rose. And she didn't fact- fancy the Doctor as much back then, and she was less whiny. Uh, That's true. Billy does a great job, though. Also, the Ninth Doctor, played brilliantly by Chris Eccleston, um, was the funny, dark, depressed, angry alien, but lovable. Uh, and the cliffhanger, good cliffhanger. Can the Doctor stop the Slothene from killing himself? Harriet, Jones, sorry, Rose, Jackie, and the rest of the Earth. Find out next week. And she gives it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, right. Yes. High score. Uh, Jim Cameron from the Crinoid podcast, another good podcast. Oh, another good podcast, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. On iTunes or whatever, do a search for Crinoid podcast. Very, very good. He Don't says, touch pod. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I've tried to like this over the years, but I hated it on transmission and I still do. Oh, Jim. Childish nonsense. The bit about the effects of Rose's departure on her family and friends is new and interesting, but that's all I can find to like about it. A real low point in series one, but thank goodness for Dalek getting us back on track. Not a fan then, Jim. Not a fan, Jim, yeah. Uh, More audio. This is Matt Rowney from Who Addicts Reviews. Hi there, Garen Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, apologies. I never got round to recording my review for the Talons of Wenchang last week, so I'm quickly going to say... I freaking love it. It's got to be at least an 8 or even a 9 out of 10. Um, Aliens London and World War 3 is actually, I think, one of my favourite stories of Series 1. I really, really like this because it's just so relatable. You know, it's the type of episode that I wish we'd get more often now. I mean, obviously New Who had just came back at this point, so everything was a bit brand new. And I loved the whole alien invasion, UFO crash thing. It felt so real and so relevant and so relatable. Because nowadays, you know, when we see an alien or a UFO on planet Earth in modern day, people go crazy, people go nuts. And you just kind of think, well, this happens all the time now. You know, it's not really a big deal. Whereas back then, seeing this happen in present day and the way it was handled was fantastic. The news reports, the way that, you know... was affecting Downing Street, the Prime Minister was coming out making statements, you know, it it really did make you feel like you were there in London and it was happening around you and the way that they linked that in to the Prime Minister being a Slovene all along and the way the Slovene family had incorporated themselves into Parliament was just fantastic. The setting was also great, the Slovene were absolutely brilliant and the Ninth Doctor was just as he always is, fantastic. I even enjoyed Rose in this and it was also the start of Harriet Jones, MP for Flydell North. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a great two-parter, I really enjoy it um, and I just think it's a really, really nice watch and it sends me back to when Doctor Who was just brilliant so i'd probably give it a strong eight out of ten take care guys have a good week that's a, a really great point at the end there mm. it takes you back to when doctor who was just fantastic just fantastic yeah cheers for that matt and we've we've heard and used the word relatable quite a lot haven't we which yeah. i think really does apply to rtd's era so yeah thanks for that matt yes and also just very quickly your co-host and um good friend uh james uh we hope he's on the road to recovery because he got run over didn't he a couple of weeks ago yeah yeah yeah, the nasty accident nasty accident so we hope you're doing well james and you're uh you're you're nearly back on track um Mm. right let's do another audio clip this is joe sweeney hello again adam hope you're too well so the ends of london i'm on the fence with this one because in some aspects it is good and and some aspects it's not good I'll say positives. It's an okay storyline. Um, it's got some good concept and dialogue in it. And the pacing of it was, was okay. Um, I like it when the spaceship was coming to 
um, Big Ben and, and, the, and the River Thames. I thought that was um, quite awesome. Um, and Christopher Eccleston gave one strong performance in this yet again. And Billy was okay. Um, Rose just annoyed me because she didn't have any compassion for Mickey whatsoever after, after what she put him through for a whole year. And Slavine, or oh, where to begin with Slavine? I think they're just one big joke. I just can't see a point where they keep farting all the time, because that just throws me right off them. Because one, well, I know they're 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 big aliens, but but I just can't see a point of it. Um, and I just I just think it's totally ridiculous. I I really dislike them, so I'm glad they didn't bore them back again. And I must point out at the beginning of the episode where Rose went missing for a whole year. I think that just complicated the the Doctor Who timeline a little bit because if you think back in the end of time when the 10th Doctor visited Rose in 2005 before she met the 9th Doctor if that was the case then why is series 3 and 4 set in 2007 and 2008 where they should have been a year up I just find that a bit confusing overall um, okay episode so give a score from 6 out of, t- six out of 10 hope your podcast guys be soon take care bye bye cheers joe he's just now you see he's got my mind my brain ticking away now thinking about that timeline thing yeah he's planted the seed (laughs) he's sat on that fence and he's planted that seed (laughs) yeah it's a good point though joe yeah thank you very much mate uh rightio let's go back on facebook matthew webb says uh hi guys this was the second episode of doctor who i ever watched when the show came back and i remember being absolutely immersed by it um admittedly i hadn't seen it for several years so it was great to rewatch uh for the podcast uh, the story starts off with brilliant pre-title sting and only continues to improve from there uh Slavine are a truly terrifying foe which is something i felt the following episode ruined for me uh chris billy and no noel are a fantastic trio throughout the story and the banter between them is enjoyable watch i think it's worth praising the solid guest cast as well um, with Naoko Mori, Penelope Wilton, Annette Badland and David Verry uh, being just a few of the more prominent names in the cast. Overall, brilliant story, well directed, well scored and acted. Uh, despite some cheesy moments, uh, it was a highlight of Series 1 for me, 7 out of 10. Yeah, good stuff. Let's keep it going. Miles McKenzie says, Hey, Garanet, I hope you're both doing well. I've literally just finished watching this episode and I can't believe it's been about a year since I last viewed it. Uh, I love the Ninth Doctor in this um, and how... Uh, he tends uh, to get excited about history and he's got a cracking few lines in there. Rose was decent in his story alongside her mum and Mickey, but Harriet Jones, she is just so annoying throughout the whole of Doctor Who. Oh. Um, uh, to be honest with the, uh, we've, uh, we know you are a joke and a Sathene, a.k.a. Raxacor or Falipatorius, have got a nice uh, wee plot um, for them, um, but their farts are sometimes annoying and cringy. Uh, I wish they just made it subtle. Overall, quite like the story. You can say uh, that the Sardines UFO crash hoax plan was the silence. Uh, sorry, was the silent but deadly. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, seven point five. Yeah, you've really nailed saying that Raxacorophorobatorius thing, haven't you? Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> off, off the tongue now. Rolls off the yeah. tongue nicely. Lewis Palmer says a fairly good start to the story. The image of the ship crashing through Big Ben is quite iconic. Uh, there was some great comedy with the BBC News, and I love the scene where the Doctor wrestles the toddler for the TV remote. Mm-hmm. Um, some great serious scenes mixed with comedic ones, but sometimes this can create a bit of a confusing tone. The uh, Slavine are good monsters, and I love the design with the oversized hands and claws. The actors do a good job, as I feel 
as well, but the farting thing got quite childish and old fast. I think the Savine are much more suited to the Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah. Um, in the stories that they had in the show, they felt a lot more at home than they do in Doctor Who. Uh, there's a great cliffhanger as well, but it's kind of ruined by the spoilerific next time trailer. Overall, part one gets a 7.5. Yeah, cheers, Lewis. Only a few more now on Facebook. So Danny Brown says, one of the first Doctor Who stories ever watched, so I love it regardless of how bad the, the Slitheen looks. I can see its faults, but I still like it. 7.5. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Mark Atkinson says, my least fave episode of Series 1. The tone is all over the place, and it's just a bit too silly. So 5 out of 10. Okay, we must actually, Mark does a great podcast. As we're shouting out podcasts, the Doctor Who podcast that Mark does is, is brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. Proctor Who. Um, Stan Sacy Gallagher says, good story, but I do not like the Slitheine much. Um, lastly on Facebook, Finn Walsh says, hello guys, and sorry for the rant about Blink, but it's true, but I've just got not much to say about the story. I find, um, I find this very average to mediocre. Not saying it's horrible because it's um, easy to watch. So overall, not much to add on this. I'll give it for the first time ever viewing a rating of 5 out of 10. Five out of ten. Yes. Mm. And we'll finish up this bit with our last audio clip. This is from Jay Kent. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're having a good one. Now, Aliens of London. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, I find calling this episode clever, weird, what would the fart aliens be? It is. The plot is carefully constructed. The slitting strategy for their plan is unique, and the whole thing with Rose being missing is really well done. On that note, genuine question, because the timelines have always confused me. After this, all present-day episodes happen in 2006, and all of Series 2 happen in 2007, because in the Christmas Invasion, we can see them repairing Big Ben, which is a great detail, but it's always just thrown me. Nevertheless, even if the effects are a bit dated now, they're charming, even if they did have to flip the crash shot. And of course, this is our reintroduction to Unit to Doctor Who on our first time seeing him since the revival, and honestly, it's underwhelming. They come in to die and that's it, but it's a fun, enjoyable little episode and one that I could easily watch and have a good time with. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Have a good podcast, guys, and watch out for any invisible zips in people's heads. <laughs> good point. You have to watch out for the zips. Yeah. It's a very in. good point. <laughs> nice one, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Right, anything through on the Geek's Handbag? Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of... I'm really quite surprised, actually, how much uh, feedback we've had for this episode, and I'm, which is great, you know, uh, really loving it. I should just say, we, we did get something on Twitter um, from... I'm not sure how you'd say this. Is it Llama Mad 3 I'm not sure. He sent in a little audio clip. But it got cut off. Got um, cut off yeah. So we couldn't include it. But the, but, the, but the basic thing was that he really enjoys it and he gives it an eight or nine out of ten. So cool. I, I hope I'm saying the Twitter name right because I'm not too sure. Llama Bottle Zero? Don't know. Anyway, you know who you are and thanks for sending it in. But yeah, um, next time send the audio through our email address and uh, we'll, we'll play it through. Uh, but I did get some on Facebook. So. We had Dean Jones said um, something of a mixed bag. The plot is interesting, but there are a lot of tonal issues within the script with RTD struggling to balance the humor and the horror. Uh, I will give this this story major credit for showing the consequences of traveling with the Doctor in the new series and the Slovene are an interesting group of villains, to say the least. 
Uh, I would give this a five, but due to the plot being intriguing and some nice side characters and moments, I'm giving the first part a six out of ten, says Dean. Okay, thanks very much, Dean. Callum Johnston says, uh, I have a soft side for this story, and as I remember watching it when it came out and being very scared of the Slovenes as the scene of them chasing the Doctor down the corridor was so frightening to me. Love the story and the acting, even though the fart jokes aren't great. I'll still rate this as one of my favourites. So Callum's giving it an eight out of ten. Okay, cool. Harry Walker says, uh, overuse of fart jokes aside, a cracking good story. I love the very busy cliffhanger as it really showed there was a lot at stake concerning the Slovene. Contrary to popular opinion, I found them to be quite a genuine threat in this story. But again, less of the farting would have been gladly accepted. Great performances and great production values. A story I'm always happy to rewatch. Thanks, Harry. Uh, Matthew Blank says, great opening story, but got stupid and tedious really quickly. The Slovene were my least favorite baddies of the series possibly ever. Wow, Matt. Um, Mainly due to the consistent farting. Well, fair enough. How can you fear something that farts all the time? Did the Daleks burp? Did the Cybermen hiccup? He asks. He's got a good point. Can you imagine a Cyberman hiccuping (laughs) in computer tone? And finally, Charlie Turner um, for some reason, Facebook has tried to hide your comment from me, but I see it. It says, it was okay. I don't hate it as such, but the Slovene are way too adorable looking for me. Then again, it was Series 1, so it's excusable, I guess. Thanks for all your comments, guys. Some really good stuff there. Um, Facebook keeps doing that to me. I don't know if he does it to you. It keeps hiding comments, so they're sort of Randomly, there, but not yeah. there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but uh, don't worry. I see them. We see them. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, wow, some um, I'm not sure about you, mate, but I thought we were going to get a lot more negative reviews in for that one. I definitely did. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm surprised that A, that I enjoyed it as much as I did on a rewatch, <laughs> and B, I'm surprised at the amount of positive comments we got. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Very good. Uh, right, next week. So you're going to have to wait um, till week after next uh, for our concluding review for World War Three, because we are going to split it up, because as you know, uh, we do alternate classic Who and modern Who on a week by week basis so we're going back to classic who next week dude what are we going to review next week well this is going to be interesting because we are doing um a, a mccoy story that is the only mccoy story that i have never managed to really get into so next week we're doing battlefield uh-huh. uh i love i mean you guys out there you know i love mccoy it's a brilliant era i love every single story but battlefield I've just never quite managed to get into. And I'm really looking forward to giving it a rewatch because I often put it on and really want to love it. And I've never managed to. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, I, let's see if next week when I give it a watch, if I finally come round to liking Battlefield. <laughs> and I have no idea whether you like it or not, Gary. I don't don't know your thoughts on that one. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It. Hmm. No. It'll be good. So Battlefield next week. Looking forward to your thoughts and comments on that. And I think we're going to wrap there for 105. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us. We had a packed show this week. It's been a a real, we've loads of um, news and merch and yeah, a real positive, um, uh, review overall from us and from our listeners on uh, Aliens of London, yeah. uh, which is good. It's a good thing. Next week, we're going back to Unlimited Rice Pudding 
but the seventh <laughs> doctor mr mccoy um and battlefield so if you haven't watched that one in a while dig out your classic dvds or your vhs tapes whatever you've got stick that in give it a rewatch, and then send us an audio clip or an email or a tweet or a facebook post whichever takes your fancy and uh and we will play them out and read them on the show because it's the best part of the show hearing what you guys think and interacting yeah. with you guys so it's all good I'm intrigued to hear what people think of that one because of my my mixed sort of view on it. I'd be mm. really interested to see what people think of this one. Yeah, yeah. so I've not watched it in a while either, so it uh, be interesting to give that one a watch. Mm. Uh, before we get on to um, website stuff, uh, any of you or any of our young listeners in the UK that are getting their GCSE results today or yesterday, as it were, uh, we hope you've had a good result. Mm. And even if you haven't, don't worry. If you haven't had the GCSE results that you wanted or anything... Do not panic. Do not worry. There's plenty of options out there for you. Plenty of stuff to do. It's all good. It is. Yeah. So don't worry. Uh, right. Head over to the website, www.bigbluebotpodcast.com. You can listen to all of our previous episodes. Plus, you can link off to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that lovely stuff. And you can also link off to iTunes and some other bits and pieces and subscribe that way. Um, and if you are an iTunes listener, if you could give us a review and a rating, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. would be really good it helps us out a lot remember to check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag just do a search yeah. for Adam over on YouTube and Facebook The Geek's Handbag loads of cool stuff there I'm so I'm so excited about the upcoming vids I'm not just saying it I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm not really just saying pleased that. they're gonna I'm be really, great no, I'm just so <laughs> pleased with the, the next couple I did a you know those titans those good man titans I did a little oh, yeah. unboxing video I filmed yesterday and yeah you've got the Tom and Billy video so yeah check them out oh cool all coming up all good right until next week my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember and